3: Let's lock in. This is Unrivaled. Yes. Yes. The teams you live for. The sports you love. We're not going right here. With Scott Mitchell and Alex Keering. Presented by G2G Bars. On 975 B KSL Sports. Zone. So, so, so.
1: All right, welcome back. It is unrivaled 97.5 VKSL Sports. And hey, happy Thursday to you! Happy Jazz Day. Is that a? They're going to be our national holiday, state holiday for today. Now that we're back after uh, the All Star break, Scott. Welcome back. It's Jazz Day twenty twenty three. Twenty two games left in the season. They've already they've already punched sixty of those games out, and I think as we mentioned yesterday, it's already been a raving success. This season, or has it? Is there something that the Jazz can do in the next 22 games that would make it to where it's not a raving success anymore? Or is it just everything, like I've said, has been gravy all the way through? Are Jazz fans satisfied with how things have gone? Are they going to be disappointed if they're not in the play in? Are they going to be disappointed if they're not the third to worst team in the West? Are they going to be disappointed if they win too many games, too few games? I don't know what the expectation is now at this point. <laughs>
2: Here's the thing about this year. It, I don't think anyone cares at this point. As, as far as it, you're right, it has been a raving success. People have wanted to watch the Jazz. People are going to continue to want to watch the Jazz. And so much of it is the development of the players, the coach. Uh, I don't think it's like, okay, this team is going to go win a championship or re, really even compete in the playoffs. I, I think that where the Jazz become interesting is. At the uh, you know, when they when they have the draft, when they have the lottery selection, when they have free agency, that's where it gets interesting, or it, it becomes e- the elevation of excitement, and then and then you get into, you know, I, I'm just thinking into the future, that that's what I do. I, I I'm a big picture. I see the whole thing, and I'm like, I can't do that. I know, but but the, but what's going to happen? The Jazz are going to get draft picks, and they're going to pick guys. And are these going to be? They going to turn into a Rudy Gobert and a Donovan Mitchell, or are they going to turn into an Enos Cantor and, a, uh, you know Dante Exum? Dante Exum, <laughs> right? I mean, I mean that's I mean, God that, bless, but you know, well, but that's that's the reality of it. So you're, it's still a crapshoot, you know, in the future, and 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 really, I think I think the most intriguing thing to me with the Jazz moving forward is. Are they able to land a big time free agent with all this so-called flexibility that they've created? Is there a scenario cuz they
1: Don't say it skeptically like so-called flexibility. No, no, no.
2: Massively well, well, flexible. They can it be is,
1: flexible.
2: But okay, but with what I'm the sarcasm comes from, <laughs> does that flexibility allow you the 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 opportunity to land someone like Kevin Durant?
1: Mm. Yeah, I don't know. See, I mean, who knows?
2: You just went into, "Mm," and that was my whole point—the so-called flexibility. Can you get that? Like, you you can draft guys; they don't have a choice in that matter. Draft them; they're yours. But when you go out and try to land some, you know, there's a there's a player out there who's disgruntled. There's a player out there that goes, "Where I am, we got no shot at winning a championship." Yep. And and does that player? I don't know who it is today. I mean, I'm sure you could look through the NBA and kind of put a little list together of guys. And maybe maybe today they don't exist. Maybe that maybe it's maybe that that scenario has to play out in a, in a in a couple of years, or a year. Uh, so between, okay, whatever draft pick the Jazz get, do, do they hit on that draft pick? And can they get free agency free agents in here? Because because really we're all okay with right now. We're all okay with what's happened in this season. Sure. Yeah. Amazing. But but in the long run, we're okay with it because we expect something better down the road. And can, with all of these assets, can the Jazz find that trade, pull the trigger, and do something monumental here, and everyone goes, here we go, finals.
1: <laughs> right? When does the- here we go, finals, actually, enter the, uh, the vocabulary of the Jazz fan? Like, really, because everybody's – we've heard the – well, hold on. Jeremy, did we start the show yet or no? No, no, okay. Well, it started technically. But let's really start it. Scott, quit it with all the opinions too early in the show. Oh. All right. Not allowed. We're going to kick the program off here. Uh, it is unrivaled. It is the cut right here at the top of the program. Let's do it.
4: The
3: other question. <laughs> Undeniable. Unrivaled. Top sports story of the hour. Here's what made the cut. Ain't like
1: it. All right, the cut brought to you by G2G Bars. G2GBar.com is the website. And you can also go just find them wherever they are at the uh, Costco in the refrigerated section, Associated Foods refrigerated section, Holiday Oil Maverick right there in those refrigerated uh, showcases there. Get one for yourself. Additive free, preservative free. It's an amazing protein bar. Uh, and also, and Wealth, Trajan Wealth. Trajanwealth.com, T R A J A N wealth.com uh we are going to look at this here scott because i'm looking at the jazz tonight hosting the thunder in the next five games they will play the thunder three times (laughs) in the next five games they'll play the spurs two times now the thunder actually are ahead of the jazz on the standings you may not i think people might hear that and go wait well oh really are they if you're not watching if you're not babysitting and i don't think it's healthy to babysit the standings every day I do it every day. But I, beca- I know, but that's the thing is, when these players look at the at the at the Western Conference standings every day, which they say that they do, they have them in the locker room there. What do they get motivated by? Do they look at that and go, "These Thunder man, they're they're in the ten spot and they're sitting in our way. They're standing in our way." No, Colin Sexton, of course, tonight too, because he's ruled out with the hamstring uh,
2: injury. There goes the. How do you do
1: the? How do you do the skill challenge? Because it, it was half speed. Well, they were. Do- he was doing the thing where he's weaving in and out of those. uh yeah, but th- those robots.
2: Speed. That's not really full speed.
1: They were running around like they were. S- they were weaving through Wally uh, on the floor there. Did you see those things? They were like, they- I mean, I was like, who built this? Yeah, the NBA is like, hey, Craig's Robot Shop. We need you to make like a moving wall that these NBA players. But it- it's illuminated and it's going to say NBA on it, and I need you to so put it on the court and it's going to weave around while these players, you know. Uh, dribble in and out of these. Anyway, bottom line is the Jazz are facing off against the Thunder tonight, and then they will host the Spurs. Then they'll hit the road and play the Spurs again, right, down in San Antonio. Yes. Then they will go for a double dip down there in Oklahoma City. So those five games of playing just the Thunder and just the Spurs, and the Spurs are a bad team. The Spurs have a bad record, but they've also beaten the Jazz this year. And and so I don't know what the expectation is of these next five games, but there's a real possibility the Jazz could go 4-1 and or even 5-0 and against these two teams, which would be wild.
2: So my, my personal opinion about the Jazz, like what I think the Jazz should do and where they should go, where I would be happy, I, I would be happy if the Jazz lost every single game the rest of the season. I seriously would. It would not bother me in the least bit I think having an opportunity to have uh, the best percentage possibility of getting the best draft choice you could get, I think, is a good move for the Jazz. I just think you just increase your odds. I don't think any of this is going to impact these players psychologically moving forward, like, oh, we're just a bunch of losers, we can't win. I just I don't. Uh, You watch every NBA team, every season is different Every team is different. The makeup of the team is different, so I don't believe this year's impact is going to have a whole lot of uh, bearing on the future with the Jazz. I mean, if anything, it may be more of a motivation than a hindrance to their success. Of get the best draft pick. Uh, you know, the best case scenario is, uh, or I, I guess for me saying all of that, the best thing right now is the Jazz have had ten days off. Good. Hope hopefully they're rusty hopefully they're rusty against these teams that they can compete against and beat. They can they can be, beat the Thunder, they can beat the Spurs. But if they're short-handed again with Colin Sexton and if they're just coming off the All-Star break and and they're playing these teams that are winnable games, but they're rusty and they're just not quite back into it, good. That just means the Jazz are going to lose.
1: And that's not a bad thing. As you look at the next five games here, and you look at what these guys can and and should accomplish, I don't know what it is. Like I, I don't know how to feel for the rest of these twenty two games. But you know, we've also kind of been in just a spot where I haven't cared what happens on a game to game basis over the last. I don't know. Ever since they were not ten and three, because when they were ten and three, you're kind of looking around going, "What on earth is going on right now?" Yeah. Well, I remember were, the power rankings in the NBA. They were, what, third at one point? I think were they like, were what? like one. They were like, yeah. when they were 10 and three, they were number one power yeah. ranked uh, team. you okay. was like, okay.
2: Here, here's something I want to throw out at you about kind of where this team Everyone's just been elated with Walker Kessler. Okay. And I I don't want to throw shade on, on all the excitement. What?
1: But here, but here but comes I'm some gonna shade do throwing on
2: what? On Walker okay. Kessler? So the, the shade I'm throwing is. Is he? Are we just? Are our are, are expectations so low that like anything no, is no, no. is a bonus? No,
1: because, because no, all the experts on. say that he's really really good, and you I, watch him and he's good. You know how athletic. Yeah, players. I know. And
2: a lot of experts picks a lot of the players, and they never. <laughs> so so right now he's good, but does he does he evolve? Does is this the ceiling for him? Is there more more room for him to grow? So I, 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 I'm not saying, and I, and guess what? You're not going to know that till next year. You're not going to, if you see some of the rookie young things happening next year, then you go, yeah, this guy, this is his ceiling. This is the best this guy's going to be. Cause if he was so great and so wonderful, why wasn't he picked earlier in the draft? You know, why wasn't, you know, and,
1: and, uh, that happens all the time, though. Guys miss on
2: – they miss well, on – No, guys. no, no, but you just – you can't have it both ways. You can't have all, all the experts. Yeah. Now we're okay, going, oh, so this guy's amazing. Yeah,
1: but if they redrafted that draft class – This guy's amazing. I, I don't necessarily think that it changes where he would have been in the draft that much because he's still a first-round guy. I think what would have uh, happened all was, I'm saying all is – All you're going to see from that is that the, that the, uh, the Timberwolves, if they would have known what they were getting with him – they would not have traded him, obviously. Right. They feel like idiots now. And, and you look at. But all, at all I'm hap-
2: saying about him, though, is is I think we're really excited about it. I am. Like I've seen things. I thought, wow, look at the way he moves, the way he runs the court. You know, his ability to protect the rim, all those good things that he has range. You know, you've seen him make a three pointer. You talk about the skills challenge. He made. Mm-hmm. You know, he and he shoots it from out there. I get that. All I'm saying is. We're not gonna know if down the road he's really he's really gonna be a big key component to what the Jazz are moving forward and if unless he continues to get better. Like his ceiling can't be this year right. and what he is as a player right yep. now. That's well, all I'm saying.
1: I, I do think that a guy like Walker Kessler, I kinda treat him like I do the season where I go every game. You don't know what you're going to get, but most of the time, you can't complain about the effort. You can't complain about the potential. Uh, you can't complain. You might not have the right result. And there's some times where, I mean, how many times has Will Hardy actually gone at, gone at? Uh, and if somebody's struggling, he'll say it. And there have been a couple of times where he's like, yeah, Walker didn't play well. That's not very often, but he said, Walker Kessler didn't play well. He's got to learn to do X, Y, and Z better. I expect him to be better doing X Y and Z he needs to do this I love what Walker Kessler does I think he can make these adjustments but he's doing really really well and I think that that's the the benefit of having a coach like will Farrell with a guy like will Farrell <laughs> will Hardy I had this I had this picture of will Farrell right in front of me when I said that because he's apparently a massive soccer guy now the will Farrell hairdo right now is wild by the way Will Hardy, his hair is dialed up. It is not, uh, it's not bushy like, 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 uh, Will Farrell's. Bottom line is, Will Hardy has managed the expectations of, of Walker Kessler really, really well because he knows what he can push him on. He knows what he needs help on. He knows where he can get better. And in a game like tonight, I don't know what's going to happen. The Thunder coming to Salt Lake. Earlier in the year, you thought, oh, okay, this could be another year that they're rebuilding because they, they draft, uh, you know, they they draft Chet Holmgren, and he gets hurt in the preseason, doesn't play in the regular season at all. And tonight in this game, the, the Thunder are are favored, albeit by just a little bit. But this is a Jazz home game. And so the Jazz are really good on offense still, but they're not going to have Colin Sexton, and they're going to be working a couple guys into the rotation. You're going to have some new dudes who are going to be – you're even going to see the possibility of Frank Jackson rolling in and, you know, these these two-way – contract guys who are probably going to have to get some minutes because they're just thin right now on this team. The, it's not like earlier in the season where they would have two-way guys or they'd have 10-day two-way guys and they wouldn't do anything with them because they just had a lot of guys that they're trying to figure yeah. out minutes for. And now that's not the case. It's in a really interesting spot for them to be able to explore on this, uh, on this uh, roster a little bit more over the next few games. So, And these are a perfect five games for that where you're going to have familiar opponents, two opponents over five games and a mix of home and road and getting a bunch of different minutes whether or not uh Colin Sexton is going to come back or not you're going to see more Ochai Abaji you're going to see more uh Juan Toscano Anderson you're going to see a bunch of guys that they're going to ask more of and i hope that we see Frank Jackson uh you know into the mix getting 10 minutes you know uh, on a couple of these games
2: so you look at the kind of last half of this season for the Jazz and it's probably not half but what next 22 games Mm-hmm. I, I, I just submit to you, Alex, that I don't think the jazz can do anything. You, you asked the question, what can they do? I, I really don't think there's anything the jazz can do at this point to really mess up their season mm-hmm. Be, because there's so many there's so many things that you can get benefit out of e- even if the jazz go and find a spot in the playoffs. I, I don't I don't think that's a bad move for the jazz. Uh, and I don't because think of it's... the
1: assets that they have, though. Right, that's like and half of it. You can go, I feel okay about this because they don't necessarily have to tank all the way. They're never going to be the bottom four or five teams in the league anyway.
2: So right, and right, and and uh, aside from that, nobody knows like where where you're going to hit and miss in the draft. Right. I mean, I mean, you know, maybe there's every once in a while one player. You know, Victor Wembanyama. Not going to happen, you know, but but other than that, you know, you so, OK, you get in the playoffs and maybe your draft, maybe it was seven, maybe now it's 13 or, you know, who knows what, you know, it. but it's it's still a high first round draft choice. And, and that's that could end up being a, a good player for you. I just don't think the Jazz can do anything at this point to mess up this even this season. I really don't.
1: Well, tonight it starts up. Uh, you're going to get the pregame right here at 6 o'clock on your dial on the Jazz Radio Network. Uh, Coach Tim LaCombe and uh, and Jake Scott going to join, uh, of course, and jump on and uh, walk you up to game coverage. And then uh, the hat goes back on. The vacation hat goes off for everybody. And uh, Booner and uh, Locke are going to have that call for you right here on the KSL Sports Zone. Uh, and you're going to get that coverage throughout the evening. All right. Uh, we'll take our first break here. When we come back, more to go around the corner We've got a ton of stuff to jump into all day long. We're going to ask you a couple of things. The Pac-12 situation is, very, is fluid, and uh, it's got a lot of stuff going on. So you don't want to miss any of our, our hot uh, Pac-12 talk as well. Is that pocket cheese, Scott? Ooh, Scott got pocket cheese. That's a treat. You know what that means? There's cheese somewhere in this building. And Scott likes it room temp. So the way he does it, puts it in his pocket. That's what we call it, pocket cheese. There's no microwave. <laughs> it's a, your your pants are a microwave. Is that yeah. what it is? How long does the cheese go in before it's uh, just right? Uh, it's been about an hour. <laughs> <laughs> Pocket cheese. It's a new. It's a new. Uh, it's a new segment on the program. All right, stay with us. 97.5 DKSL Sports Zone. A
0: stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought.
3: with scott mitchell and alex curate with the access and insight on the teams you're passionate about i love it baby presented by g2g bars this is 97.5 the ksl sports zone
1: back. I'm trying to think about Aaron Rodgers uh, now much lauded. I think at this point he's making fun of us. He just does the weirdest things in the offseason. Oh yeah, he took some uh, took some psychedelics and, uh, and went to ayahuasca. That was last year. This year it's he went into uh, what's being described as a hobbit-like structure, where he had went through this darkness retreat. Right at this point, I think he's making fun of us. He's just like, "Yo, oh, yeah, no, I did a, uh, I did this crazy retreat where you walk on coals and uh, you only have, you only eat peanut butter for an entire week." Like he's just making stuff up at this point to try to get himself better. <laughs> Or whatever it is. I don't know what it is. I think that if you're at a high level. Can you have bananas with the peanut butter? No. No, of course not. No, no. That would be. Just straight peanut butter. Can, right? Yeah, that'd be defeating the point. Well, some people just leave the peanut butter jar peanut butter, open. Yeah. Th- oh. That way
2: they just dip their finger in it when they're walking by.
1: My favorite is. So we have little kids, you know, at my house. We have a two-year-old. And she's a mess. She's a disaster. Like, my she's wife and I look at each two. other every day and go, this is our wildest kid. And she will. She will get into the peanut butter full <laughs> hand in the peanut butter jar. Nice. And I'll go, who left the peanut butter out? And it's uh, usually my oldest. It's fine. Bobby Wagner, by the way, just uh, the Rams and Bobby Wagner, uh, that five-year, $50 million deal, uh, Next, He's gone. Bobby Wagner, now a free agent. Isn't that wild? I just saw that. It's crazy. The, the, the thing you, you you're all over for. the place. We've I know. Gone from I just, peanut butter. To, I know. Because I want to get back to Aaron Rodgers. You want to get back to, to the uh, the retreat?
2: Okay, fine. The darkness retreat. <clears throat> yeah. He... Why do people care what people do in the off season? Why do they? Why do they question and scrutinize everything? If it was anybody
1: else but Aaron Rodgers, he's earned his way into this. Like he's a weird dude, and people. That's the narrative. And so anything that he does that's weird, everybody goes, "Ooh." He upped his weird game. He's at a darkness retreat. <laughs> That's why we want to know what's Aaron Rodgers doing in the off season, because it's fascinating to think that this guy, he might at any moment, Scott, he will sabotage himself. That's the feeling.
2: I think I went in a darkness retreat about twelve years ago.
1: <laughs> Just depression, or like
2: what are we talking about I right don't here? Know. <laughs> I, I leave the peanut butter out. I eat uh, peanut butter.
1: <laughs> Do you think that a darkness retreat would actually look? Could we get Nate to pay for a darkness retreat? I think he would say yes. Just turn off all the lights in the studio. That's good enough. You're still yeah. doing the show.
2: Well, hands and Scotty, they do that every day. Yeah, we they come love in here the and dark. Know, they like they the lights dark. The darkness. Yeah, yeah. I think it's a little weird and creepy myself. But, <laughs> <They> <laughs> but come hey, in here. you know it's their thing. They go for they, it. They're they're reaching. They're okay, reaching. You want to know, know one of the most disappointing days of my life. I'll tell you what the, I want to hear it. Yeah. Was when I, I had to have my brain examined.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry if I laugh at that. It sounded my wife says that kind of stuff to me all the time. I think you need to have your brain examined. <laughs> and we all joke well, and move I, on. And Scott's I did. like, I actually had my brain. Examined. I mean, it was
2: kind of like a darkness retreat. Jeez. So for two days and I go through this, it, it was grueling. Like it was two days of just rather intense, um, you know, I guess examination of my brain. And uh, it was fascinating. But here's the disappointing part about it. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with my brain.
1: Uh, like, there's nothing wrong with it. I think. It, listen, those guys were like with you for a, two no, days. Hold on. Those guys were with you for two days. I'm with you every freaking day. I think I, I'm more qualified than they are. Some neurologist rolls in for 48 hours and goes, right. "Oh, I checked everything." I'm like, "Did you Hold on, you didn't check no, everything." No,
2: no, no. That's the po- that's my whole point. <laughs> so all of these things that I do yeah. or don't do are from a normal brain perspective. Mm. Is it though? So I have no excuse. I may be dumb, but I'm not stupid. <laughs> I'm probably a lot of it. I You know what? You know what I've learned from being on this show. Mm. Um, I I think I I stink. Well, I, I, I really do. What do you mean? I just, I just do. I just, I, just, I just think I'm.
1: But, just, it, it, okay, now hold on. You're going into a darkness retreat without us going in the dark <laughs> here. What's going on here? Well,
2: I have a normal brain. I just do all these dumb things. Jeremy like, has. Say all this dumb everything stuff. Everything is all the on the time. record at any time. I'm all, on. I'm on, time. I'm on. Uh, what is it? Mixed metaphors all the time.
1: <laughs> Sweet. Yeah. See, Jeremy just keeps bringing it up. This is a guy he who. He just keeps pouring salt I know. in the wound. Jeremy, listen. Keep
2: why, it rolling. I'm not
1: going to tell yeah, you to not keep him rolling. Why
2: do we not get Alex? Why is it Scott I, is always the one who has
1: all the crazy? You know what? Cray, cray. Oh, he says it's because <laughs> he says it's because you're not a snowflake. Like I think I, am. You, I think you would cry. Oh, I, you I, think I, if Jeremy? Yeah. You think I haven't? I, 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 I make fun of myself. I think you'd a, go in the tank and you'd cry. Really. Really? Of all the people on this station, I'm the fragile ego? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because I don't go, I don't say uh, a mixed metaphor every I night. I and them Now, that one actually makes it sound cool.
2: No, but you make fun of my mixed metaphors. Yes. It's
1: part of the shtick.
2: Kind of hurts my feelings.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I
1: hate flow yeah. I, that was actually me. That was when they pulled for me. That Let was, the heat <laughs> flow through you.
4: Oh my
1: goodness!
2: I just don't anyway. Know. So Aaron Rodgers and his uh, his whole retreat. Yeah, the I kind of I want to try it out. See, I hear him do stuff like this, yeah. and I'm like, eh, I'll give it a try. Okay,
1: why not? I'm going to see if there's something because there are like, uh, I I I don't know how you find this out. You know, it's like your does your does your agent. Does your agent go – hey, man, because it was in Oregon, right? It was uh, – at first I thought you said, Jeremy, that it was it was at his house. But then I heard later it was at Sky Cave Retreats, okay? Sky Cave Retreats. And I want to see what we're looking at in terms of a uh, – welcome to the Sky Cave Dark Retreat. I,
2: I bet it's just like $50,000 yeah. for a couple – I bet it's just a, a well, really Well, I'll high tell you what. The thing. price
1: just went up, obviously. Yeah, of course
2: it did. Yeah,
1: like Aaron Rodgers calls up and some guy named Willow answers, and he's like, <laughs> um, "like hello or whatever," on the phone, and then he's like, "Hi, uh, I'm looking to do this darkness retreat. What's your first name? Uh, Aaron. Last name? Rogers. Now, Willow doesn't know who Aaron Rodgers is. Of course not. But somebody gets, dude, that's Aaron Rodgers. He was smoking uh, peyote or whatever at, at ayahuasca last year. We could cash in on this thing. Because they, they have I'm look I'm at their website right now, okay? Sky Cave Retreats. And I'm watching these testimonials of people who have benefited from going into the dark and coming out into the light, right? Their whole thing is their restorative dark retreats uh helps you master the spiritual and physical aspirants from around the world that have become I think that's a cuss word is it
2: I was going to say I don't know what aspirant is <laughs> I, think I, like of, I think I took a couple of I think I took a
1: couple of aspirants before this show <laughs> from around the world they've become Jeremy give me some yoga music or something here I've got to I've got to figure this thing out because now I am wondering not one person on this website has taken a shower in, a, in a, like look at these pictures of these guys okay? It's exactly yeah. who you would think would be running these retreats. 1000%. Okay, Like it's 100 degrees out, but you're wearing a an ascot? Hi. It's me, Willow. I'll be your guide during this darkness therapy, Aaron. I want you to return to simplicity. It's my attempt to help you to demystify what it means to be a human being and a reads the cue card football player I want you to share your experiences within yourself Aaron are you lost are you going through grief are you lacking praise turn out the lights let come what comes and let go what goes that's so freaking deep (laughs) Get this music out of here! Did you just listen? I'm going to charge you a hundred bucks just for listening to that, Scott. The darkness thing doesn't interest you. We're currently exploring a collaboration with neuroscientists from the psychedelic research center. Oh boy, now they're getting into it. They are looking to incorporate psychedelics into the newest uh, darkness retreat. You think you think Aaron Rodgers wasn't on shrooms in that cave? I guarantee it, man.
2: Or or some brownies,
1: <laughs> <laughs> some vegan brownies, man. See, I don't I don't have a problem. Look, if you find a people spot, trying
2: to find ways in their it. life to people people do. I've done this before in my life, not not like this, but I've had my own personal retreats at the end of a, a football season, and yeah. just trying to get your bearings moving forward. And I can't uh, find. I don't, a price. I don't think it's it's such a bad thing. What I'm baffled by, like. Why do why do people care? What is it what is it I mean It's because is, it's Aaron Rodgers. But but so what if it's Aaron Rodgers? It's like I just think it's just it's such a strange thing. Someone's putting something out there. Whether it's the Green Bay Packers or it's Aaron Rodgers, right? They're trying to spin a narrative somehow, some way. And whether it's you know, maybe it's the Packers to just kind of either get him to kind of move on where he's going in his life or or I don't dude, know, but, but this, this isn't just, this just isn't like, it
1: is not a, it's not a situation where it's like, dude, they are packed until February of 2024. Yeah. Uh, six days, seven nights is going to cost you about 3,500 bucks. This
2: is all of the people. This is Hollywood people. I'm just telling
1: you. They, yeah. They, they, you can go in as long as two months. Uh, that, that'll drive you. That'll drive you to insanity. Right. Well, I was, I was on a reality
2: tv show once yeah and And i was there for four and a half months right and that was and there was a lot of
1: like you
2: were kind of in a dark place right
1: and you you kind of don't remember what actual reality the the irony of a reality show is is that you don't know what actual reality is no it's it's the first thing from reality it's being conceived for you everything's gonna yeah your your world as you
2: know it just totally goes away that's and it and and there's there's actually some (laughs) benefit to that uh, you really, you really kind of find.
1: The, I just ah, said, this is important okay. or that's
2: important. So the story, so much.
1: the story that I was reading today is Rogers exits Oregon facility. Okay, that makes it sound like he was in a coma. He was in a prison. Rogers exits Oregon facility. The reason we care, Scott, is because his method confuses all of us. He's still one of the best quarterbacks in the game and he does these antics during the offseason. And I say antics cuz I think that now it has become a it's a it's become a, a, a production for him. It's for him to get an edge in saying, "Oh, I'm, give me a minute. It's going to take a, it's going to be a long process." Because the the Packers said today, they came out today and said, "We want Aaron Rodgers back, but we also want him all the way here. We don't want like a guy who's looking over his shoulder going, "Yeah, maybe I should go play somewhere else." we want a guy who this is where he's committed to play.
2: Right, they say all this and that, that goes to my point before it it's, it's someone wants answers. And and I think uh there someone's trying to put it feels like the Packers are trying to put him on a spot and get an idea of where he's moving forward in his life and um and, you know and maybe he is playing with them and just going, "Yeah, you know, I'm going to go on a dark retreat. I'm going to take some time. I'm not going to rush into this." because the packers they like there's quarterbacks in this draft that may be really good and they need to see you know they need to know where they are headed moving forward. I think they would love to have Aaron Rodgers, but if he's not there, he's not all in then then let's move forward, but they got to be able to do something which could possibly include trading him. Mm. So someone's spinning the narrative though cuz stuff like this just doesn't come out in the paper. Who cares if go into some dark retreat? I'm looking at all days. these
1: fun retreats that are available. We could go on a four-day Awakened by the Sequoias right, retreat, get, Scott. And you, you want to go on a retreat? Yes. I got a retreat for what you. What is it? I got a notice from the
2: NFL, Mm-hmm. and they said, uh, so it's it's like they they call the former players legends. So apparently I'm a former yeah, man, NFL you're a legend, legend yeah, in the yeah. NFL, mm-hmm. according to their website.
1: Every person that they've shown on the screen, by the way, uh, during NBA All-Star Weekend, who was just here, who used to play in the, in the yeah. NBA, Carlos Boozer was NBA legend. NBA legend. Carlos yes. Boozer. Yeah. Now, people would could dispute that, but I think that any former player basically It's just what I'm calling. They'll just call
2: him that. Yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's my title now. So, um we can go to the combine if you want. Mm-hmm. We can go for all 3 days. A retreat. We could have a retreat in Indianapolis, which uh, David Locke deemed the most uninteresting, boring flat city
1: in America. Oklahoma City. No, no, New, oh, uh, Indianapolis, Indianapolis, yes. So and you've go, already you've already declared that too. Yes, it's boring. Yeah, and everyone's although, like, oh, Saint Almo, Saint Elmo's, St. Elmo's Steakhouse, and it's like even only, that. the only thing, and that, even that, you're like, yeah, but yeah, I've, I've yeah. had other steak, I've had other steakhouses. It
2: just feels better because there's nothing else there.
1: <laughs>
2: we can go there for three days <laughs> to the to the combine. To the combine, we can sit in a suite mm. and, with the lights out and observe <laughs> and observe observe the combine. Mm. Watch all all of the events at the combine. There will be light drinks and food available. Hey, if you want to retreat, said a
1: guest? But you said and a guest. You, uh, I can take. Can a I guest. be your guest?
2: That's what I'm saying. We can. You, when okay. I say we, I'm referring to you. Okay, and me. I
1: appreciate it. Normally, you go. I'm taking uh, Zach to a to a uh, to a boost your confidence retreat, Actually, retreat in, in, in Hungary. Like to do this. Now, listen, Italy. There's a. Uh, you want to go on that retreat? There's a gourmet. Maybe we could find ourselves at the NFL at combine. the NFL combine. Maybe, they, run maybe, so they'd let us, maybe they'd let us run a 40. No, heavens no, please no. I can't even think about a 40 without getting hurt. All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. Guess what we have around the corner? we got our what are the odds. Jeremy's loving that we're uh, totally off track already on the show. It's early, but we're off track. Doesn't matter. Uh, let's take that quick break. Before we do, though, guess what? RDS Exteriors want to help you with the outside of your home and how awesome it looks. Why don't you make it look awesome? Don't keep up with the Joneses. Be the Joneses. Give the folks at RGS Exteriors a call. Tim Brown and his team are standing by. 801-280-3110. That's 801-280-3110 uh, for RGS Exteriors. We'll take that break. We'll come back. What are the odds are next right here 975 KSL Sports Zone. What are the odds?
3: Okay, sir, the bet is to you. All in, baby. You'll know exactly um more or less what's going to happen. This is 975 KSL Sports Zone.
1: All right, everybody, welcome back. It's Unrivaled 97.5 VKSL Sports Zone. Alex Curie, Scott Mitchell. I'm watching a TV here in the studio and I was reminded of this. They kept one of the guys who was here this weekend who they kept highlighting on the sidelines. I, I totally forgot about this. And I saw him in the arena. I walked past him in the arena on Sunday during the All Star game. The mayor of Flavor Town, Guy Fietti. Oh. The, the, the chef sin- guy. Signature spiky blonde hair. Yeah. And a guy who diners, drive-ins, and dives. Yes, it's easy to make fun of him, but like he's actually like the coolest freaking guy.
2: Look, I base all of my travel restaurants off of diners, drive-ins, and dives. No, you don't. A thousand percent.
1: I definitely have gone so to go diners, drive-ins, and dives like recommended places for yeah, sure. That's what I mean. Uh, yeah, Blue Plate Diner used to be. I used to live right by the Blue Plate Diner, which, by the way, they tore down on Twenty First South and. Uh, yeah. In 19th East there. That was a good one. You and I have eaten there a few mm-hmm. times. But that was also one of those spots. But they, we, uh, they, you know what they needed? More uh, apartment buildings right there. Yes,
2: of course. So there you go. Uh,
1: but yeah, Short Guy Fieri, the they just showed him. Buildings. Guy Fieri loves sports and he's at like a ton of stuff. And just like anywhere the mayor of Flavortown goes, he, uh, he gets attention, man. And so that was another. Guy Fieri loves our city. All right. You know what? He uh, wasn't bored by what's going on here.
2: No, you know what's interesting? Hmm. How many people that are still alive that you, I swear I saw this this morning, how many people that are really old but they're still alive. Like they're in their 90s.
1: Yeah, uh Jimmy Carter's one of those guys. he yeah. 98? Tom Osborne's 86 years old. Right. that's Nebraska's what, that's what uh, head, of head coach. On. Former head coach, yeah. That's yeah. You know, he was really sad because they went through cuz they showed, you know, kind of his moments of greatness. And uh, and then they went through the court the uh, the co- the coaches who've been there since. That's a bad group.
2: Well, how does how does Tom Osborne make Nebraska amazing?
1: In the middle of nowhere. In the middle of nowhere. Yeah, like it's in the
2: middle of nowhere. It is as
1: obsessed of a sports town. I went to that 2015 BYU Nebraska game, yes. and and I've been there in uh we also before they even played that game we were on our one of our signature uh RV tours across the country to watch BYU uh take on I think Wisconsin that year and they had just signed up with Nebraska so we they let us go to their field to Memorial Stadium and and uh, film some stuff on there and they were really cool about it and then you know a couple of years later of course BYU wins that thing on a Hail Mary uh but there were 96,000 people inside that stadium
2: not a better uh environment in college football so he was either amazing, or he cheated.
1: <laughs> Why would you do right? that? Well, that, I don't That's know. How guys but, get good? Well, how, how
2: do you how do you get good at Nebraska? Like, like is it is it is the aura of Tom Osborne that amazing?
1: How did how did Lo, how did Lavelle Edwards do so amazing in Provo, Utah? Or you the have years that he did. you
2: know you could say a Joe a Joe Pa or a
1: yeah you know these are not like destination cities. You are right. But that's just amazing. Like even Green Bay is not like a place that everybody and it's not like, like aspires sp- to be. But no. they aren't. They do in football.
2: But it's it's not like someone's come along and you know after Tom Osborne and just really turned you know
1: turned. No, no, Nebraska that's what I'm Around no, and and I think that that well, part of Scott that. I thought Scott Frost was going to just light it up. I mean, Lavelle Edwards passes the baton to Gary Croton, and what that lasted one year. And then after that, it was a massive disaster program, football and non-football related inside so, that program.
2: You have to wonder if some of that stuff isn't related to like just the right time at the right place yeah, with yeah, the yeah. right person, and so much of that There's plays into that.
1: it. Uh, what are the odds, Scott? goes like this, I give you a scenario, you give me a 0-100% to 100% chance that thing will or will not happen. Brought to you by ReMedical. ReMedical is uh, Utah's only... Physician-owned and operated wellness clinic offering ED treatments that are discreet, non-invasive, and customized to your needs. So, visit Remedical.com today. Remedical.com. What are the odds Jordan Love, by the way, since we're uh, mentioning it, what are the odds Jordan Love is your uh, season opener starter for the Green Bay Packers?
2: Uh, It's a Jordan Love 10%. Hmm.
1: Do you think they're going to land... Aaron Rodgers back again. They're going to yeah. have all this hullabaloo, and then at the end he's just going to yeah. re—he's
2: just going to come back. Okay, all
1: right. I can. See There's that just not too. a lot
2: of of talk of Aaron Rodgers being somewhere else. There oh, whatever. To, I've heard Vegas hear, you, like crazy. You hear you hear chatter about Derek Carby. You don't you don't hear anything about Aaron Rodgers.
1: If he goes to Vegas, then Raiders fans will be as excited as we've seen him in May, a long time. Maybe
2: that's why he had to take a retreat because he is going to Vegas and he just needed to Gotta get
1: ready for the darkness. Yep. Uh, maybe maybe that was foreshadowing you got you got five games in the next week and a half of the Jazz yep two against the Spurs three against the Thunder what are the odds the Jazz go at least three and two in these next five games
2: oh boy um so they'd have to beat the Spurs twice and just win one of three against OKC
1: yeah that's doable yeah why not Uh, They could win tonight against OKC. Absolutely. Yeah, I'll say.
2: I don't know. I'll say uh, Lyle Alzado, seventy-seven percent. Oh, another Raider. Why not?
1: I'm going to go with a that they win. That they go at least three and two. I think three and two is a real possibility. Yeah. Four and one, very very hard. Five and zero, probably impossible. Not impossible, but it's it's very difficult. Uh, I'm going to go with a. Let's go with a uh boy who is a, who is the number I'll go with the Jason Seahorn 31% chance. Wow. There you go. Let's take a break. We'll come back. Hey, uh BYU TV Zone, former KSL5 uh, colleague of ours Dave McCann is going to join us. Uh the going's on in Provo, couple things. I don't know what's going on with Mark Pope and the basketball program. It's just been abysmal to watch. BYU fans are just I mean, it's just shaking their head. They're just scratching their head over the whole thing and sad about the whole thing. You're going to the Big 12 like this, and, Dave, and, and uh, Dave's going to give us a little bit more of a kind of insight into what's going on with Mark Pope's program, but also uh, he spoke with John Beck, the quarterback whisperer, uh, who's been able to work with Zach Wilson, Jaron Hall, and even most recently, Keaton Slovis. So we'll have that discussion with uh, Dave McCann coming up next. Stay with us, 97.5 Sports Zone.
3: Ours. On 97.5 B KSL Sports Zone.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome on in. It's unrivaled 97.5 the KSL Sports Zone. Alex Curie, Scott Mitchell, and you. Thanks for being a part of the program. Uh, as always, downloading the podcast is a simple. Decision to make. It's a simple subscription you can get yourself on. Just get yourself all of the shows across the board on the KSL Sports on all day. Download it anywhere you find your podcasts. Uh, And we appreciate the support. You can also go to KSL com and click on the uh, podcast button there and listen in as well. And stream it all day. Uh, Literally no excuse for you not to hear the shows across the day. Did I get all that right, Scott? You nailed it, Alex. Alex.
2: You are on a roll.
1: Appreciate you. Uh, let me see here. One of our favorite uh, guests of all time joining us on the program right now, Dave McCann for BYU TV. Let's kick off everything as we always do with The Cut.
4: The Other
3: Question <laughs>
1: Undeniable,
3: unrivaled, <laughs> top sports story of the hour. Here's what made The Cut. Ain't like it.
1: The Cut and our show brought to you by G2G Bars. All natural ingredients, plenty of protein. Anybody who needs that uh, quick, tasty, nutritious boost found in the refrigerated section at Costco, associated foods, et cetera. Dave McCann, TV, former KSL colleague of ours, uh, used to wandering in the studios, uh, and now he still does it, but now just via the phone. So, Dave, thanks for hanging out with us, man. <laughs>
4: The only thing different is uh, you actually have to call me to get on the show. It's not as as fun. to be just coming
1: in. We'd be like, uh, breaking story. And then it would be like, no, no, Dave's got his own breaking story. He would literally break the door (laughs) down. It would get kicked in. He's like, I got something to say. My favorite part was Dave would just burst in. And when you walk into the KSL Studios downstairs, you're in front of a mic essentially right when you walk in the door. So he would just burst in the door and then just stand at the mic. And, like, Look at Jeremy like, I'm ready to go. And we'd be like, I don't know Listen. where Dave's going, but you know what? He's earned this right. Well, And, he and we just I'd let be, you speak so we could desk. get rid of
4: you. <laughs> I'd be at my desk, and I'd just be minding my own business. And then the, the red light would go on, mm-hmm. which was like a save the show light. And so then I just, whatever I was doing, I just got up and ran down the hall and and walked in.
1: Yeah. You know what? We should have returned the favor on TV. Just walked onto the set. Deanie, scoot over. love or- that. Dini, scoot over. we got something
2: yeah. to say. Dini, do you mind if we sit down, <laughs> down for a minute? You? <laughs>
1: uh, hey, you got to see all of the festivities that surround an event like uh, All-Star Weekend. How much is that, like th- those types of events, how important are they for the state and kind of us? Like We want to get validated, you know, kind of across the sports world, but we're certainly trying to improve our footprint here when it comes to adding more – teams and things like that. Does that go a long way? Because you watched Vegas grow for all those years and then and then get those franchises that have just been rolling in, it seems like, over the last couple.
4: I think it's important to be able to show you can handle big events like uh, Salt Lake did with the Olympics. And people still talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's big to, to have big events that go off and, and there aren't issues and um, everyone has a good time and everyone leaves city fleet. Uh, and the next time... It comes around that Utah's a possibility for something. There's a reference point of, you know, the All-Star game was there, and that went great. Um, could they handle a major league type thing? Or could they, you know, some of the bigger things down the road? It all starts with these kinds of things. So I think it is significant.
2: Uh, you recently spoke with uh, John Beck, and it was kind of interesting to uh, I'd be curious to hear what his take was. You know, he spoke about these three quarterbacks from BYU: Zach Wilson, Jaron Hall, and Keenan Slovis. And they're they're all kind of in in interesting place. Zach's been in the NFL for a couple of years. Jaron's headed to the NFL, and then of course Keenan is is headed to BYU this year. What, what what was your sense from what John Beck had to say about each one of these guys?
4: It's interesting that that one guy has a relationship with all three that have a direct impact on, on BYU and then and then beyond. But his take on Zach was this needs to be a, an offseason to redefine himself, recreate himself, and and learn how the winning in the NFL is different than winning in college. And he's going to have a veteran in front of him, and it's time for him to learn. And uh, that's on Zach now, to, to change his game and learn and then get back out on the field and, and produce. And, and Beck thinks he can do that. Uh Jaron has been working with uh, John. He said his, his throwing's great. He, he retweaked that high ankle sprain on the third day of practice at the Senior Bowl, which is why he didn't play right. in the Senior Bowl. But um, he believes that he's got a spot in the NFL. I said, well, when, what round do you think? And he said he's hurt as, as high as two or three. And he said that the draft is so fickle that it could also drop to the middle rounds. Um, and I think, uh, you know, coming out of the combine here, coming up, they should have a better handle on what teams are saying. If you're in this round, we're going t- to select you. And then Slobus, he believes, is uh, the healthiest he's ever seen him. He's been working with him now for a few seasons. Um, and he, he believes that Keaton is a fit for Aaron Roderick and BYU. And that's why he recommended Keaton to, to consider BYU, and he recommended BYU to consider Keaton. And um, that's how they got together. And, uh, and Slovis, I haven't talked to Slovis for a few weeks, but Beck says that, uh, that Slovis uh, is just thrilled with um, what he's seen so far, throwing with the guys, and his fit at BYU, he said, is even better than, than, uh, than he could have hoped for. So John's optimistic for all three quarterbacks, but they've all got challenges coming up.
1: The schedule came out, and we chatted a little bit about it when it when it did, and uh, you know what that's going to look like, and 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 now with Texas and OU kind of getting that whole thing wrapped up, what is the future of the Big Twelve? Do you think is it? Do you think it's the most beneficial for Brett Yormark to just go look? We're going to uh, add teams. We're, we're looking to add teams, and it, it seems like they're aggressive, but but really, where in the next four or five years does the Big Twelve go if it wants to keep uh, kind of maintaining? That, uh, that energy that they've got now with, the, with four new programs and then Texas and Oklahoma leaving?
4: Probably got to do something if they want to maintain their spot in the just outside the big two. Um, and so that means you've got to add a Washington or an Oregon um, if you can or even four teams from the Pac-12. If it's all positioning to be the next best, I kind of think right now with Texas and Oklahoma they are the next best. Uh, when those two leave, um, it'll be interesting to see but but Jormack's certainly out shopping and he said he's he wants to get into this fourth time zone and a um, third time zone I don't know about Hawaii, but uh, <laughs> he wants to expand to the coast. there's only few options that add anything to the big twelve by expanding that way, and so I think he's gonna do it. it's just a matter of when and it might be might be sooner than later, but I don't know. No one does. I think everyone's waiting to see what the Pac-12 TV deal looks like, and then everyone's going to look at Oregon and say, is that good enough? And if it's not, you know they're out. Um, And if it is, then the Pac-12 maintains and stays together for a while.
2: Yeah, I know everyone talked about the four corner schools, but I I 100% agree, and I've been saying this on our show now for some time, the the, the media rights deal for the Pac-12 better be really good. Or it, I could see it making total sense for Oregon and Washington to go to the Big 12. I mean, they would immediately be, uh, the, probably the more recognizable brands in the whole conference. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, you know, those are two strong, strong schools. And with, with Texas and Oklahoma leaving, you know, it puts them in a, in a nice position. And, uh, and, the, and it accomplishes what Brett, Brett Yormark uh, mentioned. But I, I'm, I'm curious because I, you know, I thought through this and, would there be a scenario that would make sense for Colorado and Utah and Arizona and Arizona State to become members of the, of the Big 12?
4: Maybe if that's all you could get. Uh, I used to think that would be a slam dunk, but if you listen to your mark, he's into land conquering, time zone conquering, and a second team in Utah doesn't fit that at all. Um, and in Arizona you got you got Tucson and and then you got the Phoenix area. I'm not sure you want two Arizona schools. If you're just into a land grab. Um, and so I don't know about the four anymore. I used to think they'd just do that and be good. But the Big Ten doesn't look like they want Oregon and Washington and so that's kind of been the hang up. I think I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised if the Big Twelve said Oregon-Washington come in for a certain number of years, and if the Big Ten expands and they want you, there will be a way where you can get out because it will so impair the Pac-12 and allow the Big 12 to be positioned, again, just outside the Big Two. But I think he might he might go for something like that.
1: Uh, Dave McCain joining us here on Unrivaled as we uh, chat a little bit about what the – BYU off season is produced in terms of uh, you know now it's just a uh, a couple of weeks away from from spring ball starting up which is crazy because then that means we're about a month away after that from the spring game and you learn a lot more in spring nowadays than you did uh, back in the day because all these guys enroll so early and so many guys uh, are on campus even out of high school to try to get that early kind of edge too so spring has become more more important than it ever has been right
4: I think so and and. With defense, it's going to be interesting because that was the coming out of last season. That was the area that got the most attention with the change in staff and, and philosophy. Uh, but, but a number of those guys um, aren't going to be participating in spring. Uh, ben Bywater and Max Tooley will be out. Uh, Justin Enna told us that the other night on, on the Wise Guys. They're recovering from their surgeries. So their next contact is going to be in fall camp ahead of the Big 12. And so, as a defense, you know you want to get all this stuff done in spring, but your two starting linebackers aren't on the field. So you, I think you just have to adjust to who's available, and and maybe more focus on the attitude as opposed to um, uh, okay, U eleven. That's that's how we're going to do it uh, come the fall because everyone's healing up this off season.
2: Uh, you've got uh, BYU basketball. <laughs> Uh, it's in a, a rather uh, <laughs> precarious position right now. And and I think a lot of people, you know, who follow it are probably pretty concerned and probably really concerned considering how strong the Big 12 is moving forward. Um, you, you, there's this article about maybe Mark Pope um, looking into the Kalani Satake playbook. Tell, tell us a little bit about that.
4: <laughs> yeah, that's got a that's quite, quite a stir. Um because at 15 and 15, after two years in the WCC, there is a challenge. And and there is a problem to fix as you try to sell hope for the future in a league that's 10 times tougher than the current one. And ticket prices are going to be so much higher than the current prices. There's a lot of work to do. And, and I thought there were some similarities with... What Kalani did coming out of a disappointing football season at eight and five, they won their last four, but that going zero oh for October was was brutal, and he had to make some hard decisions. And it's tough to be a head coach, um, and and he made those choices. And and in a matter of a few weeks after Jay Hill was hired, and then Justin Enna, and then Papinga, and Pua, and, and and that group. Restored hope in the process of BYU getting ready for the Big 12. The schedule comes out; it's celebrated instead of feared, and they march into spring as if uh, they didn't go eight and five, as if they were ten and two. They didn't go ten and two; they did go eight and five, and they've got all those things to address. But I thought Kalani did the things he had to do to reassure the paying fan base that the direction is 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 where it needs to go. And we've kind of seen that response, and I know you guys have too. So here comes basketball at 16 and 14, which is probably the equivalent of 8 and 5 in football. Um, and, and Mark Pope has some similar decisions to make. What, what changes is he going to do to restore the fan base to believing that going into the Big 12 is, is going to be awesome, which I think it is? But it's not going to just go right to the bottom of the Big Twelve. But there's hope and reason to invest and grow and and all those things. And and he's got Kalani as an example. I don't know if he'll call him. I, he probably won't. But here's a coach that had the same PR challenge that Pope is going to have once this season ends. And we'll see what he does. He's a smart guy, and and uh, he recruited the world. They they've tried some things in the portal, hits and misses, a lot of misses, but. Um, you know, it's 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 tough to, it's tough to have that kind of a job, but the expectations are you can't be fifteen and fifteen in your third and fourth seasons in the WCC. So there's there's got to be a reboot coming, and you know that's kind of on him.
1: Uh, Dave McCann joining us here as we work through some of the off season uh, football things when it comes to BYU and also the uh, in season basketball struggles over the last few games that BYU's had, because as soon as they won those three in a row or four in a row, we were like, hey, now, looks like they're back on track and then arguably go into a worse stretch than they had even before then. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what the travel is going to be like for this athletic program, because I was thinking about how much money that commitment's going to be from Tom Holmo and and in uh, the school now. And we've heard so much about how all these other programs inside of these athletic programs are going to be just taxed with all the travel and all the things going on. How well-equipped are the rest of these teams inside the athletic department uh, You know, going to be start July 1 or July 31st? or I can't remember what the actual date is of going to the Big 12 when everybody's going to have to start hitting the road to some really far-out places uh, for long stretches.
4: It's going to be an adjustment for sure, uh, especially for like the baseball team, which will play three- or four-game series, Volleyball plays usually two days' worth of games. Um, the one-and-dones, like soccer, go all the way out and then come back. Uh, it's it's going to be nothing that they've ever dealt with before. Um, all you can do is call somebody who's been through it, um, and we're going to see it with USC and UCLA as well. The football, I don't think it matters. You'll get on a plane, you get anywhere in three hours, and it's just once a week. And half the games are scattered, and the other half are, are in your stadium. The other sports will be a little more challenging. We'll see what basketball does, if they how they put road swings together. But it's not about academics anymore. We know that. And it's really not about money anymore because the money that they throw at these leagues pays for all that travel. And uh, so not saying, hey, we're going to send all your teams around the country. By the way, you've got a meager budget. Uh, they come in and go, hey, we're paying you $50 million. So don't complain. And, um, I, I, so I think those sports that play more than one game, uh, in settings, like, like, uh, you could send the baseball team out. They could be gone for two, two, two weeks at a time. Right. And, and what does that do to their academics? And, and, and are you even worried about that anymore? <laughs> um, we'll see. That's the changing face of sports is it's now go play the games and play them on TV. And, um, Everything else can get worked out in the off season. Apparently, GPAs must be considered in that.
1: He's probably our most famous uh, Twitch streamer that we know. He's Dave McCann. Uh, you can see him on Wise Guys, of course. Wise Guys, Y S dot com, where you can uh, see he and, and Blaine Fowler in their Wise Guys podcast on YouTube. Uh, you can also uh, engage on Twitter or on uh, Twitch as well, and on Twitter too. But uh, Dave, we appreciate it, man, and we love having you on the program. And so I'm I'm, I'm assuming that. In, uh, the spring stuff really starts to get going. We're going to have you on a couple more times again as well. So thanks for hanging out, dude. Hey, anytime, guys. See ya. There you go. There's Dave McCann.
2: You know, I was watching one of uh, the Wise Guys podcasts. That one
1: that had Danny Ainge on is fascinating. Actually, yeah, that was a really good one. I and, went back uh, and watched uh, that one based off of your recommendation because, yeah. you know, he kind of threw in a lot of uh, interesting stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the,
2: one, the one that was really good was with Mark Wilson. Your old BYU quarterback, and uh, it was it was fascinating because you know that that's kind of an era where I grew up, and I was a huge fan of Mark Wilson, still am today. And uh, it was just fun to to get because Mark's pretty uh, he's pretty candid, you know he's he doesn't doesn't sugarcoat a lot of things and kind of tells it how it is. And uh, it was just it was fascinating to hear kind of some of the some of the moves that Lavelle made that kind of came out of almost a mutiny in some regards. Mm-hmm. And how, you know, and, and again, it's it's one of those, you know, that's what was so great about Lavelle Edwards, kind of talking about great coaches is, you know, he, he was a guy that would listen to good advice and implement it and recognize when maybe someone had a better idea than him.
1: You can only build your team with one number six in a BYU uniform all oh. time. And they've all been. They've all had their number six retired. Hmm. You've got uh, Mark Wilson. You have Robbie Bosco. Yeah, and you have Luke Staley, who was the Dope yeah. Walker Award winner. Ah. you can build your guy. You can build your team around one of these guys, Mark Wilson. Over the national champ, Mark, over the Mark, Natty, Mark, Mark. Mark Wilson. Over the best running back, maybe in uh, school Mark history. Mark Wilson. All right. Yeah. Just because you saw that wise guys episode, no. and it's from your era.
2: No. Robbie uh, Bosco was from my era. Yeah, that's true. Uh, Luke Staley is after my era, but but he's tremendous. I watched uh, uh, Robbie Bosco's junior year. I watched every game they played. Mm-hmm.
1: Big BYU fan back then, right? Yeah. Let's take a break. I
2: was a bigger BYU fan back then when than Dave McCann.
1: <laughs> I don't know if that's possible. It's possible. His dad was the uh, yeah. His dad was the executive director of the Cougar Club. Fine, I'm related to Lavelle Edwards. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I got blood in the game here, buddy. <laughs> I was exiled from the family. Uh, I was going to say, how's <laughs> but, that going uh, now?
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, my goodness. I was sold into Egypt. <laughs> I thought it was weird you got that BYU tattoo on your back before you even graduated high yeah, school. Now you regret that, huh? All right. Let's take a break. We'll come back. When we return, more stuff around the corner. You don't want to miss any of it. Uh, by the way, Hans and Scotty are going to be at the NPS store in Salt Lake at uh, 1600 Empire Road tomorrow. Uh, that's the MPS store. NPSstore.com. We're also going to be at the Mountain America Expo Center, by the way, by way of announcement. Tomorrow, we're going to be there. Third week in a row, we're at the Expo Center. Oh, yeah. Tomorrow is for the uh, Vacation and Snow Expo. So, we're talking about snow sports. You, know, you got that look on your face like, oh, boy. Sweet. I'm going to get caught buying something tomorrow. Again. I know. You're going to have to tie me up. <laughs> All right. We'll come back. More to go around the corner. Stay with us, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.
3: Your home for the best coverage of the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies. This is Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Keary. It's not so right. Presented by G2G Bars. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.
1: Can I read a quote here for you, Scott? Quote me. This is – well, I won't quote you because this would be a dumb quote from you. But I'll give you the quote. Give it to me. Chip Brown
2: Never heard. tweeted of
1: this out. Now, I'm giving him credit because he – I know, you don't know who Chip Brown is. Uh, he was reporting on something that the athletics director for the University of Texas, Chris Del Conte, said about uh, Texas football. Now, I agree with something that he says here in this tweet. But here's what he says. He says, Texas Longhorns Athletic Director Chris Del Conte on whether or not the Longhorns will have alternate uniforms. He says, if God wanted multicolored sunsets, he would have given them to us. But he didn't. They're burnt orange. It's not an old color. It's stuffy. It's Texas. It's the best. This guy is... You stink, and I don't like you! First of all, sunsets are very different colors <laughs> than just burn orange. I wouldn't describe sunsets as just burn orange. And by the way, there's I red was, ones. There's pink ones. There's, there's purple. purple. He even brought up purple as not being one. It not, they're not purple or green. And I was like, they're purple for sure. A lot of times. And by the way, you know, so, maybe
2: he's colorblind and he just doesn't see all the oh, colors.
1: And Then we're, then we're, we're making fun of him. Now we're insensitive probably. Well,
2: no, 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 no. I'm just no, saying
1: I, maybe, maybe we're being insensitive. he's like, show me a sunset. That's not burnt orange. By the way, like I said, I was born in Austin. I grew up rooting for the Longhorns till we moved from Texas. I was like, hey, man, that's the team you root for. Burn orange was never something that somebody goes, burn orange, like the sunset. Jeremy, did you ever hear that? You're a never. Texas kid. Not once. No one goes, well, they're burn orange. You know why? Because the sunset. No one freaking says that. No one sees Texas because Texas is main color of burn orange and goes, oh, like the sunset. No sunset is borderline maroon like that all the time. That that like that is to me look I, we moved up to Davis County. My kids are going to have to go to Davis High School. Okay? <laughs> I now, already know what that it's means. It's one of the unfortunate things about Davis High School. Brown and yellow. Is there brown and yellow? Now, maybe maybe it's a boy named Sue type situation because Davis tends to be pretty good at a lot of sports. And they're pretty good at a lot of other things. But maybe it's because everybody's making fun of them. They got that chip on their shoulder because they're. But somebody told me, well, they picked those colors. It was one of the oldest high schools in Utah. Yeah. And they were like, the they, fall colors. They on picked the, mountain. the colors because that was the colors on the mountain. I was like, right. that is some bull crap right there. You know, like I the mean, colors on the mountain. You know, <laughs> <laughs> that's what we do here. That's some bull crap right there, Bob. And they go, bull crap, that's a great idea. <laughs> it's the color so bull if crap. you're
2: picking colors, wouldn't you want the color of the sun rising as opposed to setting? Because setting to me kind of says, it's well, it's time to go to bed. It's kind of exactly like where is,
1: Texas is at right now as a yeah. program.
2: Ooh. You know, the rising sun, that that means something. That's like, okay, okay. I can get, a, I can get I, behind that. Okay, but then let's I th- can't get behind the colors on the mountain, just so you know. No, so You I can't can try either. to sell me Davis no, Dark no. colors all day long. No, I. And I have a tremendous respect for Davis School you know and Davis High guess School what the best, and the darts and guess all that. What the best but colors, your colors are ugly.
1: But guess what the best colors on the mountain are? Burn orange, probably. Think about it during the I fall, like that red. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. Like, but the, yeah. the, in that I'm more in that of a vein, red. I'm more of a red. Right? Crimson. Nobody likes the brown part. Yeah. Like when you're there in Provo, this is something I loved when I was a student at BYU. And then when you go to the games in the fall, even now as a grumpy media member, I when I see the mountain in that that gap between about mid September to early yeah. October, mm-hmm. unbelievable. We get that color in the in the in the uh, on the mountains there in Utah that time of year, it's unbelievable. That's when you want to show it off. But don't tell me that the well, that uh, if God wanted BYU, multi, if God wanted multicolored sunsets, he'd he would have made them. It's like what
2: the setting at at uh, BYU in the fall. That's like the second prettiest setting in in right. uh, Utah stadiums in the, in the fall. I don't it, think you can see any. It's uh, a good,
1: it's a good one. Can you see any foliage from uh, the University of Utah there? Foliage. Yeah. I'm saying from the stadium. Do you like... Well, from the press box, you can. Yeah, I guess so. Uh, let me see here. I wonder... The second part is this. Uh, we're not going to have alternate uniforms. Now, I think that we should do this more. This is Texas? Yeah. Texas has... Uh, they've done the black one before. I remember seeing the black jersey that they've done. Everyone does I that. think they're bagging that. I mean, they're just Why? not doing it. Because, listen... Uh, Buffy? Buffy? It's the same thing. USC, don't do alternates. Penn State, don't do alternates. You're classier than else. At least that's what you uh, pretend, right? And the, the know, schools that Penn, I think if Penn you get Penn State,
2: kind of whooped up on Utah in the in the Rose Bowl.
1: <laughs> I know you didn't want to admit that, did you? No, but 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 Penn State is one whatever of these uniform that... they wore. They yeah. yeah they don't but they don't veer out of those out of that lane of white and navy or navy and white. And the helmets and the little and, stripe on the right, helmets and, and and so no names. I think when schools have to do too many uniforms, they they they're trying to do too much. It's like I think you're try, I think you're trying yeah, to do too the kids, much,
2: Alex. You're not thinking of the kids. You the think kids, even these kids days,
1: go yeah, but
2: you guys in Texas don't have enough cool need, uniforms. That's uh, not what thousand, they're going to say. Thousand percent. Look, they're 18-year-old kids. They will say and do anything, and they'll come up with the dumbest ideas of why they go somewhere and they don't go somewhere.
1: Speaking of dumb ideas, look at what Oregon has done over the last 10 or 12 years. Their alternate jerseys, at at some point they're just making fun of people. They're like, look, they're going to buy whatever we put on the backs of these guys. And they look terrible most of the time. They've been
2: killing it recruiting the last 10, 12 years.
1: I'm trying to think who else you can't mess with their jerseys. Because it's kind of if you mess with the jerseys too much, you basically are saying that your I'll tradition you, isn't good you, enough. I'll give you. So you are going to have to try to get creative to, Dame. to reel the kids in. Notre, Notre Dame. Dame can't. Now they've done the green Michigan, jersey though before. Michigan, Michigan, yeah, it's tough to mess with. Uh, hmm. No, I see. I think
2: the green jersey at at Notre Dame is kind of part of the deal.
1: They do it once every blue moon, you know. Yeah. Once every green moon. I just like the gold flakes in the helmet. Yeah, they've overdone like they that. They don't really change do they the do helmet that anymore. Do they still do gold in the? Yeah, they gotta repaint those things every week. That's the tradition in Notre Dame. That's it's like why if, it's if you're Notre gonna Dame. become a, if you're gonna become a donor at Notre Dame, do you think they're like contribute to the gold helmet fund? Yeah, for just pennies a day. Yep, for just thousands of dollars a day, you can contribute for what you'd normally be chipping into your gold IRA anyway. You could be putting gold on the helmets of of uh, Notre Dame players across the country.
2: The only thing that I'm envious of a place like Notre Dame is uh, the name Newt Rockney. Like if there if there was not a better name for a head coach, Newt Rockney. Yeah. Uh,
1: John Heisman. That's a pretty good. That's a pretty good name for a coach. Yeah, but
2: it's John. You know, it's it's just John could be anything. John John Harbaugh. (laughs) Johnny Depp.
1: Plus, it's not like people John are going, Travolta. Oh man, John Heisman—he was amazing. At, was he at Georgia Tech or something like that, or TCU or some place you don't like necessarily.
2: But Newt Rockney I mean, I mean uh, Vince Lombardi is—that's pretty good. Curly Lambeau,
1: the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse. That's a cool. Yes, that's a cool thing. Notre it's all Dame Notre is. Dame stuff. Yeah, you can't mess with their jersey. I just thought it was funny that and he then was you like, got "Rudy ain't God, God." Ain't no, he didn't make no sunset with different colors. Everyone's like, that's literally why people like sunsets, because of the varying colors that you get across the sky. You know like uh, what a red sky means, right? Uh, Red sky in the morning, sailor's warning. Red sky at night, sailor's delight. Yeah. Sailor's delight, is that like a...
2: See, red sky at dawn, sailor be gone. Red sky (laughs) at night, sailor's delight. Yeah, it's the same meaning.
1: Yeah. If you get a red sky at night... What does be gone mean, though? This red sky in the morning, sailor's warning, that sounds way better than red sky at dawn, Sailor sailor's be, be gone. gone. That makes it sound like what? You're supposed to be
2: gone? Get like, out of here because it's, it's going to be a bad... Get out of where? like get, get out of wherever the red sky at the morning is. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> you I, know,
1: you, you, you know, break, know the real
2: history of the Pirates of the Caribbean is fascinating. Uh,
1: like
2: it is, it is not as... It is. The, it's not the, as far
1: off as you think. No, it's
2: pretty. Uh, it it it, it kind of sounds. I like still
1: am like. I'd be a pirate. I get wrapped up. You know the 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 rabbit holes that I go down sometimes on YouTube with my kids are like the guys who go and they find like the gold doubloons like that are, you know, off the coast of Florida and right. like shipwrecks and stuff. Yes. I do get fascinated. They're like, and this ship had seventy tons of Spanish silver on it. You're like, Dude. I think it's
2: one of the funnest things, like the most intriguing things I ever watched, were um, how these people found like these massive treasures. There was one, one this family found, and it was like the biggest one ever. And they spent years and their lives fortune. And, and I believe the museum now is somewhere in the Florida Keys, or it was forever, but. Uh, you know, people died over it. You know, in accident. I mean, it was—it's just a compelling what they went through just so they could find the treasure. There's something about finding the treasure.
1: You know what's sad is that there's that show on TV, the the Curse of Oak Island. That's see, I'm I'm all into that. But one. see, I'm not because those guys haven't found Jack. I know. Well, I was intrigued in it for a while. Until... The nail was carbon dated to 900 years ago. Yeah. See, I think that they used this nail 900 years ago. And you go, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. And it's these two Canadian brothers, I can't take them seriously. No,
2: they're they're, they're, spinning, spinning, found, a, they're spinning a web. They
1: haven't found Jack freaking squat.
2: Uh, speaking of going down a rabbit hole, I'll tell you one that's fascinating is the geography of the land. Like why over the course of the last 2500 years that the the population in Mexico has basically stayed in the same spot. So most of most of the population of Mexico is on this swath of land near mexico city yeah it's all geographic so the land south of there is is uh rainforest and the land north is so arid that you it's desert yeah it's desert and the united states is different united states everything started out in the east and then it just spread
1: it's a fascinating lesson right there Uh uh-huh that fascinates you really
2: Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So the, the there's no other place in the world that exists like the United States of America as far as the as far as the geographic. Layout. Yeah. So the Mississippi River and how it's slow moving and, and it creates a waterway that can be navigated up and down along with a massive area of the ability to like grow crops and nowhere in the world exists like
1: plus that. the casino boats.
2: Well they came later. <laughs> and it, and it so it makes it literally a land choice above any other land Look at you. in the world.
1: Milk and honey, etc. Mhm. Let's take a quick break here. When we come back. Uh more hot pirate talk. Jeremy, is that okay? We we'll do more pirate talk. <laughs> He's like, "Please no." Uh we will come back. We've got, more got water going, water. way off the rails, right? Hey, there. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care that was important for the thing. And it all started with the, the Texas Athletic Director saying that the colors of the sunset are one color it's burn orange <laughs> that's why you're not gonna win national championships Texas you have your your version of reality is freaking skewed wake up all right when we come back we've got uh, a couple things to jump into here let's let's jump into uh, what Florida's trying to do to make sure that, uh, that they that they keep the players on the field and the, and the the necessary staff and support groups on the field. If you're going to plan on jumping onto a field after a win, you could be in a world of hurt. So stay right here with us. More to go 97.5 V, KSL Sports.
3: This is Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Keery with the access and insight on the teams you're passionate about. I love it, baby. Presented baby, baby, by G2G Bars. This is 97.5 V, KSL Sports Zone.
1: All right, everybody, welcome back. It's Unrivaled 97.5, of the KSL Sports Zone. Happy Thursday to you! Tomorrow we're going to be at the Southtown Expo Center, the Mountain America Expo Center. Pardon me. Uh, we're going to be rolling up with uh, with the folks at the Snow and Recreation Show. So my kids are all skiers, right? Like my kids are all mm-hmm. you know, maybe except for the the two year old, better skiers than I am. Because my wife was a certified ski instructor, and they just they just inherited good uh, good skiing from, from their mom. And I just, you know, it's just one of those things that I'm really proud of for them. But I'm like, I don't know. I don't love skiing as much as everybody else does. I guess when you're a big dude, it's kind of hard. Although big, skiing as a big guy is kind of nice because, like, you know, you're kind of going as fast as everybody else you know maybe even oh. faster and without
2: exerting more yeah energy. oh yeah grease, that, the grease those skis up I don't think if you're bigger you'd actually go faster
1: yeah we'd get enough uh, wax on those it skis did, for isn't sure is that proven that uh, I
2: don't know there's like a physics
1: there is a physics thing yes larger goes faster downhill <laughs> it depends on the friction situation buddy yeah. yeah which I create a lot of friction right just right. figure your friction you go faster <laughs> if you're a fat guy yeah <laughs> Oh, my gosh. We have so many freaking ads popping up in this studio for Cocaine Bear. That's where we've gotten.
2: Am I missing something? Is that a show or something?
1: Y- yes, it's a freaking movie they made oh. based on a real story where a bear. Like a real bear. A real bear. There was a, there was a plane that was carrying uh, contraband full of cocaine. Mm-hmm. It actually crashed. Oh. And it, it dumped some of its... Uh, of its, of its cocaine load. But then a guy who apparently was a, he was kind of like a double agent guy. He was a private pilot, but he also, like on the side, smuggled drugs into the U.S. Anyway, the plane ended up going down. Uh, he died. I think the other passenger did too. But they left out there a bunch of cocaine in the woods, and this bear ate it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a fictitious movie now about this bear that. Uh, did eat cocaine. It was a real bear that ate cocaine. Now, they've embellished it quite a bit to have it go on like a killing spree. Okay. They The real-life cocaine bear, they assume, ate all the cocaine and then OD'd pretty, Probably died. pretty quickly. Yeah, you know, they did. No, they did. But they just don't know how long between when he... Oh, and like, what he did they between the time. know how the long time. the party was. <laughs> that's their, <laughs> They didn't know how long the bear party ended up. Wow. But that's what we're freaking... Uh, I, I think of like... These are kind of things where I try to convince my wife to let's go watch a movie this weekend, and she's like, "What's in theaters?" And I look it up, and I go, "You know, it's probably better we just miss it." Apparently, co- and cocaine bear, I watched this uh, whole article about how they were like, "This movie was definitely a product of the pandemic." Like people would just be like, "Hey, let's write this story about this uh, bear," and it got it got made. The movie got made.
2: Um, apparently, like if you feed your dog chocolate, at least the cho- or at least a lab. Yeah. Like that's really bad for.
1: No, oh, yeah. yeah, no, I've heard that. But I you own dogs, you owned well, dogs. You're two, not supposed to give them chocolate.
2: Well, I don't give them chocolate, but those dogs, they kind of Yeah, they sniff it out. When you have small kids and they drop chocolate on the floor, <laughs> you can't be there for every M M&M and M that falls you know, on the ground. Is it?
1: I know that All I know is I
2: had these labs. that lived a long time and they ate chocolate. I'm not convinced. But see, uh, I mean, I, I, I didn't try cocaine with the dogs, <laughs> but so I I don't know what would happen <laughs> that with was the really cocaine good of you.
1: You know, is it like is it kind of like when they told you don't go swimming thirty minute until thirty minutes right, after you eat exactly, which we found out was kind of a. But no, vets are like, do not give your dogs chocolate. And then the other thing was what there's like another thing. It's like grapes or something like that. Oh, um, there's a lot of stuff yeah. that you're not supposed to give them. Is it grapes? Yeah, yeah. They'll immediately and there are, there's always some <laughs> stupid science on it. Now, Somebody <laughs> goes, yeah, because they eat the grapes and it actually turns into.
2: Grape Uh, juice? No, (laughs) no,
1: they're like – It it ferments into wine? It gets – so this happened all the time. If you go out of the country on a two-year hiatus, you'll find out other countries like myths, their food myths. yeah. So in Argentina, it was like if you eat watermelon and drink milk like anywhere near that – first of all, I don't know anybody who's drinking milk and – Bad combination. No, but they say it creates a rock in your stomach and you'll die. Like they just oh. straight up say, "Now I've that heard that will
2: kill you." I've heard of eating the watermelon seeds, and you grow a watermelon in your belly. <laughs> that's
1: how. It, yeah, that's so how, you had that's to that's split the seeds out. Yeah.
2: Now, yeah. if you want a funny thing, Don't put peanut TV, butter on the nose of your dog.
1: Oh yeah, that's good, that's, and that's
2: good for him too. And that's that's a that's a fun,
1: cheap, entertaining yeah. night right there. Scott, Florida wants to ban fun, and oh. let me explain this: they're going to criminalize storming fields to the point of a first-degree misdemeanor. In the state of Florida with up to a $2,500 fine. Isn't it illegal to trespass anyway? Is this going to be specific? Are you really
2: trespassing that? That's
1: what I'm saying. Is it specific to the storming the field? Yeah, you can't go on the field to play. And it says it everywhere. You're go on, going on to the field of play before or after the game, during the game. All of it is subject to criminal trespass oh, and oh. blah, blah, blah. But the thing is, is, when a game is over, there are two things that go on if you have upset somebody. Let's say you upset Tennessee this last year, right? They stormed the heck out of the field. It's about as aggressive when you beat Alabama as you can do. They tore the goalposts down, all that stuff. Tearing down the goalposts is a crime. Now, if you do it as a giant group, it's seen as a celebration. So I think that you have to deem before a game if it's worthy of a field storming. Can we do that? If a school comes forward and says, hey, this weekend we've been authorized that if we beat the number one team in the country, Alabama, comes into Knoxville. You can't storm the field with a win. You can't. I, I will be. I will be honest. I've been a part of storming a field that I felt a little bit icky on because I didn't think that the team necessarily deserved. Because storming a field needs to be super special. Beating USC number twenty-four, USC like BYU did a couple of years ago when they stormed the field. I Not remember. Necessary. I remember thinking to myself, ah, this isn't like a great USC team. And it proved to even be worse than we thought. Keaton Slovis, by just the way, he was the quarterback in that game.
2: I just don't know what the big deal is as far as are they really hurting anything? No. I mean, I mean, is it really damaging? You know, is it do fights ensue? Because if you're the losing team, you're not storming the field. So all the people that are on the field are actually the ones that won and are excited. So the other people are like, man, I'm leaving the stadium. I don't want to hang around for this. I, I just I just don't I don't I just don't see the harm in it. All I remember is the funniest one that I was a part of was when I played for the Dolphins and, and we played the Bills last game of the season. Pros
1: don't pro teams don't storm fields and courts. In Buffalo, they did. They did. They had they had guy, but they had fifty
2: policemen around the stadium and horses to to so the fans wouldn't storm the field. and they didn't do anything. The fans just came out of the stands, ran right by the cops on the horses. The cops on the horses just stood there. They didn't, they didn't go after anyone. Yeah. yeah. And you know what? For the Buffalo Bills, that was awesome.
1: We walked off the field. Big deal. I just think it's – pros don't storm the court. That's a, that's a student move. But we have to deem which, which events are worthy of a field storm. You cannot just storm fields. We have to determine it as a group.
2: You know what? Storm it every week. No. Make a tradition. No,
1: and I get that there is some – look, Alex, that's not cool because it's not organic. It's not like in the moment, spur of the moment. But don't just – you can't just storm a court or a field when it was kind of a fun win. It's got to be historic.
2: You have to sit there as a fan. and You have to endure your team and the agony of watching and waiting and wondering. And when, when they finally win, it's so exciting. You can't help yourself. Mm. You, we want to express your your excitement, and so you, yeah, let's storm the field. Now, That's if you start stepping up, ripping up the grass, and you know whatever, but mm. tearing down goalposts, come on,
1: man, you can't yeah. you can't storm the court all the time. All right, uh, let's take the break. When we come back, we've got uh, I, we still have to talk about this Pac-12 deal and whether or not this is going to happen. The Frustration has certainly gotten to a fever pitch. Uh, men, Remedical, Utah's only physician owned operating wellness clinic, offering ED treatments that are discreet, non invasive, and customized for you. Remedical. Renew, restore, reclaim. Visit remedical.com today. We'll take the break. More to go around the corner, 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.
4: Let's lock in.
3: This is Unrivaled. Yes. Yes. The teams you live for, the sports you love. with Scott Mitchell and Alex Kuring presented by G2G Bars on 975B KSL Sports Zone.
1: All right everybody, welcome back. It is Unrivaled 975B KSL Sports Zone. Happy Jazz Back in Action Day. It's a Thursday and we are going to be on the road tomorrow at the Snow Expo at the Mountain America Expo Center. Come down, check us out. Three to six. Uh, there will be prizes. Scott's going to give out prizes. Is that right? Well, you can win them at the show. Sure.
2: You can win them at the <laughs> what show. What do
1: you want? <laughs> hey, hey, you're like, hey, uh, what prizes do you want? I'll bring them. <laughs> I saw
2: this thing, Chad Ocho Cinco. Don't, Johnson. Act like,
1: don't act like you were his teammate for one time. You can't right. be like, uh, Chad, I don't know, what is this? Ocho Cinco? No, well, like my, just for the people out there.
2: Like, I got okay, you. Okay, fine. And he claims that for the first two years of his career, he slept at the facility. And I'm calling BS on this. So one.
1: slept at the facility like He
2: lived at the Bengal Stadium for two years. He claims that he was so cheap that he, he didn't want to spend money for like a place to live. So he actually this is on Shannon Sharp's podcast. I did thing.
1: I did see him go on Shannon Sharp and actually he had some interesting things to say about money in particular. And yeah. it, it, I mean he's he's one of these guys that probably had to learn the hard way. Um about how people are coming after your money and about how you know you gotta take care of yourself. Yes. He definitely on that very podcast, I didn't hear this part of it, but he definitely brought up like, look, stop he's like, This is fake. I'm wearing like I'm wearing fake jewelry right here. Like don't don't get real jewelry. I'm wearing fake stuff right now. So don't be that guy that wastes your money on all that stuff. So but you say you called BS on it because you yes. were at the facility and you didn't see him there sleeping. So
2: his first year was my last year. Okay, and I basically lived at the facility and I never saw him.
1: But that's now, part of the thing. Now, is he I was saw asleep him. in a weird room.
2: Well, there, there, there was a players' lounge. Yeah, which so I this is at the stadium. You said. Well, so the stadium was the the practice really? facility. Yeah, that's
1: some low level. It was level one in the
2: same. So they used they the basically. They had the locker room. They had meeting. It was
1: nice. It was beautiful. Oh, it was nice. Was, okay. Oh, it was amazing. I thought you were saying it was another cheap move by the Cincinnati. No, man. no, no.
2: Well, it was just an efficient move. Yeah. We'll just do, we'll just put everything in one facility here. Practice fields were incredible. The oh, Bengals okay. had an amazing practice facility, but it was all one facility. Yeah.
1: At any rate, um, I'm like. <laughs> Could you have missed it because you just didn't expect that he'd be living there and maybe he rolled up and acted like he was.
2: I wouldn't leave till 1030 at night.
1: He was already asleep in his in his bed that it's was below really, the stadium or whatever.
2: There's no below. <laughs> there's,
1: there,
2: there's like okay, if he was in the players' lounge, there's no there's no nowhere in the players' lounge except to for hide. gaming equipment. Let me ask you this: Now there were a lot of guys that hung out for a long
1: time yeah. and played video games. Are there snacks? Were there snacks all the time? Because um, that's a part yeah. where you and I are pretty good about finding snacks around this building. Okay, they did
2: have food. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So you could like get all your training ma- tables. You could get all your meals. Yeah. Actually they had breakfast, lunch. Dinner was basically for the coaches. Right. You were on your own. Um I just I, I, I think he- you I heard were blind this. to it. I think you were blind well, to it. I wasn't blind to it. I'm just telling you, I just I never saw him. I would love for him to have been there, but I just didn't see him there. So
1: hmm. I just think listen. It
2: sounds good now. I'm just telling you, as a rookie Chad Ocho Cinco was out of Cinco. Uh he was he was
1: <laughs> Oh, he hadn't become himself until no, when? I don't know when.
2: Yeah, a long time ago. He was maybe that guy, but yeah. not. There's our favorite person in the world. Yeah,
1: Holly Rowe getting the uh Kurt Gowdy elect- electronic media uh, award. ESPN just did a nice little thing about her and she's uh currently choked up on the sidelines there at the South Carolina Tennessee women's basketball game. There you go. She must have a nice, uh, what's it called? The, uh, you don't call it an outfit. It's a wardrobe budget. She's got some dope outfits. Like stuff I couldn't pull off, you know what I mean? Like that, She has like a a, a leather jacket that has like these gold embroidered, you know, like uh, I couldn't pull that off. She was wearing the, that purple velour suit when we saw her last week. Yeah, she was. When she refused to come on our show. Yeah. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Things I can't wear. Purple velour sweatsuit. Put it on the list. Uh, Scott, let's kick off the hour here. We've got a few minutes here before getting you ready. Uh, 45 minutes away exactly for, from the jazz uh, pre- and uh, pregame show. And then of course the tip-off uh, with David Locke and uh, Ron Boone I'm bringing you the coverage tonight. So let's kick things off here. We've got that and much more to talk about, so let's do the cut right here.
4: There, 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 there we go. The
3: other question. Ah! Ah! undeniable unrivaled top sports story of the hour here's what made the cut
1: all right our program is brought to you by g2g bars have you not tried a g2g bar yet go into your local costco associated foods holiday oil or a maverick and uh, right there in the refrigerated section they've got those beautiful g2g bars you can just try one for yourself additive free preservative free uh they taste fantastic so this is not your this is not your grandma's uh, protein bar. This is super tasty. Give it a shot. Also, Trajan Wealth, T-R-A-J-A-N, wealth.com, Trajan Wealth, bringing you the program as well. So I was looking at this, Scott, and I was wondering, because yesterday we chatted a little bit about what the number is going to be. So an athletic director out of Arizona State apparently said that the number – that is being floated out there, at least to athletic directors, is certainly less than what they were hoping for, but it would still be enough for the league to stay together, you know, indefinitely, right? That, that it would be fine. It's like, yeah, this isn't the number that everybody's going to be dying over, but this is going to be one that everybody really, really, it's its not going to be a, a conference killer. And, one of the things that, that was rolled out here, we have the numbers on the actual subscriptions. Now, this doesn't necessarily mean if you're an ESPN Plus subscriber, you are a sports fan, right? If you are a Peacock subscriber, that you're not necessarily getting that because of the NASCAR and the uh, NBC Sports soccer access that you're going to get. But some of it, right? But Apple TV has 30 million subscribers, which is more than ESPN Plus. Which is more than Peacock. Uh, it's less than Hulu, but it is... I mean, this is, Apple TV is no slouch when it comes to the amount of subscribers that they have. Now, the NFL didn't have great ratings this first go-around on, on Prime, right? Those Thursday night games. Sure. I dipped in on them because we're Prime subscribers, and I went, heck yeah, man, and it's Al Michaels. And I think that Kirk Herbstreit did it. Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit, that's a really great combo calling the game. The rest of the crew who does that show, I don't really like them that much. But that being said, and they also got dogs for games. Al Michaels was like having a hard time not showing his uh, his disdain for this thing, for not having the good games that they were doing. So Apple TV has the base, at least has a group of people. They really have, if you are trying to figure out a way that you can have ESPN Plus and Apple TV, and whether or not you, you think that that makes it sound like, it's a lesser situation. It doesn't matter if you have a large group of people who are subscribed to those services, and will dip in, and then you get even more that sign up because of your the, the you know the fan base that you have.
2: So I think I think you have to dial into what causes someone to subscribe because there's a there's a reason for it. You 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 want to see something. So you know I think of I I subscribe to Apple TV because I want to watch Ted Lasso. I I or uh, you know, I subscribe to something because I want to watch Yellowstone, and that and that's my primary reason to do it. Uh, now they're secondary because, it's like, well, you, you know, I, there there might be other opportunities. You know, Netflix for me uh, is something that you know I I tune into because I think they have original programming and movies and whatever and stuff that I go, yeah, I could I could I could watch this stuff. So with sports, it's different, right? Because it's all been entertainment, and it's why do people. You know, why do people tune in? Because like the the LA Clippers did this for their local games. Mm-hmm. So like you think of AT and T Sportsnet for the Jazz, right? Instead of having that, they have a streaming service, and it's not been highly viewed. But how many Clippers fans really are there, right? And so, you know, is it if you're a Utah Ute fan, you I think you subscribe to the to the streaming service because you want to watch the games. You go, I'll, you know, I'll pay a little bit of money to be able to watch the games. But if you're Stanford or if you're, you know, some of these other schools, Cal or, you know, what have you, you know, is Arizona State going to get a big sponsorship or viewership? You know, I think, does Colorado maybe now? I, I don't know. but Colorado's
1: it, become almost must-watch TV.
2: It feels like there's, you know, Oregon, yes. Washington, yes. You know, maybe you get Oregon State because they're – You know, I don't know, but I I just don't see as a whole the Pac 12 just going massively crazy over all of the conference games other than their schools. I mean, you look at the attendance in most, most schools in the Pac 12, people don't even show up for the games, uh, in, in, you know, live. So it's a scary proposition to think that the Pac 12 as a large group is going to, is going to tune in and, and actually watch this. I think there are spots like Utah, Oregon. Uh, Washington, some of these schools, but as a whole, I don't, you know, so I, I, that's the other side of it for me. I just don't know. I, I think Amazon, or Apple will really promote it and get behind it, but will people sign up for it, and is there a, is there a big enough following for it? I don't know.
1: You gotta have an edge, right? And you go, hey, this is what makes us different. This is where you can watch us that's different, and, but it's also gotta be enough that a mainstream audience will, die, will dip in, right? I mean, For me, if I were not in this job, if I were not covering sports all the time, if we didn't talk about sports for our job, if I was presented with getting an Apple TV subscription just for the Pac-12, that's difficult because I have teams that I'm interested in, but I don't know if I would just get an Apple TV Plus. I'd be like, listen, there are enough games on a Saturday on all these other platforms at the same time. That I don't need to do that. That I don't have to. yeah, Yeah, exactly. On a free service. So I was like... I'll put up with the fact that maybe I don't want to see another Big Ten game or another Big 12 game necessarily if it's not somebody I'm watching. But I'd rather just not pay – if there's a game going on at the exact same time, if the game – if there is no other game, if there is something else – if there's not something else on TV that it's competing with, then I probably would because I just have to – if there's games going on, that I want to, I want to see them. If, and if that's the only way to see a Pac-12 game yeah. and it's the only game that's in town – then that's what I would subscribe to. But yeah, if there are other yeah. options, you're going to have a, you're, it's going to be a battle. If I'm a
2: Utah fan, I tune in. I really do, absolutely, and, and I'll pay. I just don't know league wide. Did they say this? This um, AD from Arizona State did he say what the number was?
1: No, and that was the thing. It was like it's the kind of thing where we've heard some version of this before. It was like, look, the number is, it's pretty good still. Maybe it's not the number that you are thinking of right now in your head. And he's like basically saying. It's not forty million. And it's probably not even thirty. You might see it just south of that thirty million dollar mark. I think that's where you're gonna end up. I think we're, that's where it kind of ends up. But it's close enough that people are gonna go, well, it's definitely better. I mean right now they're getting twenty million a year, right? Isn't that the number? It's twenty I think it's twenty twenty six million or something like that, or maybe total. I don't know. But from there, just the T V deal, it's only twenty million, I think. So
2: Yeah, I'm not I'm not sure. But I don't know that anything's going to move in this first iteration of the new era of of college football. It's just, you know, in the next five, seven years, these deals come up for for renewal. Yeah, it's crazy. All
1: right. Let's take a break. We'll come back. More to go around the corner. Uh, when we do, we've got our NFL roundup. We have our two minute drill, and we'll get you ready for uh, some jazz coverage, uh, of course, at the top of the hour. So stay right here with us. More to go right around the corner. It is 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.
3: And now, a look at traffic from the KSL Traffic Center.
1: Now, for a check of traffic on 97.5,
3: the KSL Sports Zone's heaviest delays were with some trouble. From earlier, south end of the valley, northbound I 15 in Draper, that stretch coming up from Utah County is improving. Other side trouble reported southbound I 15 at the south interchange in the left lane. I-15 still good southbound point of the mountain to Provo, but we are still getting some continuing delays prior to Payson headed towards some earlier trouble prior to Santa Quin Main Street. Stretch for slowdowns also for travelers headed southbound towards Mona. Advanced window products, high-efficiency windows, $2,000 off 10. To- You're home for the best coverage of the Jazz, Utes, Cougars, and Aggies. Ready? This is Unrivaled. With Scott Mitchell and Alex Keery. It's not show, right? Presented by G2G Bars. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.
1: All right, everybody, welcome back. It's unrivaled. 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone. Oh, my goodness. I, uh, Scott, I didn't even play the right music for, the, for, for coming back here. It's that special time of the day where we get to talk, uh, about your old about your old people, your former employer, the NFL. So let's do it Here we go. Fight.
3: Go get it. Let's go. That's it. It's time for the unrivaled NFL roundup. Woo! Premium grade A NFL news from a former NFL quarterback. No, and uh, the other guy. On 97.5, the KSL Sports Zone.
1: Now that feels right, doesn't it? Now it feels normal. Uh. <sighs> Very refreshing. Uh, okay, so NFL roundup, rolling out some uh, NFL stories here for you. Getting by the way, did you dip in any of the XFL action? That's the one that's going right now, right? The XFL. <laughs> I'm not joking. I kind of Wait, forget. Yeah, um, because a lot of it, the guys who are in indie- is it the is it the, no, the, the
2: NFL X- related one is the USFL? How related? Because I think the XFL well, that's kind the, of has like- XFL is uh, the rock. Oh, well, which yeah. One, which oh one, yeah. Which one which yeah. one which one? No,
1: is- the USFL is the is the one where they they were advertising during the Super Bowl they're like yeah. it's not your Hollywood league. Right. And then uh, Michael Strahan goes, "Beth recognized real or whatever you said. Yeah. <laughs> real got to recognize real." And half the guys who were in the XFL, were in the USFL last year or right. whatever, so yeah. they I, I can't remember. But they did <laughs> have a moment where uh, it was A.J. McCarron, former uh, Alabama quarterback. They they basically used all the new rules in this game. Three-point conversion. Uh, instead of the onside kick, because they don't do onside kicks, they did the fourth and 15 yeah. from their own 25. They converted it. They go down, and they end up scoring. And it's the St. Louis uh, who's-a-what's-its. I don't know what their their mascot is. But I haven't dipped in yet. But there has been a lot of social media buzz are you going to start watching the XFL this weekend? That's my question for you, Scott. Oh, you're asking me. I thought that
2: was the buzz of... Um,
1: no, that's what I'm asking you. Are you. Is it interesting enough to actually dip in, turn a TV on? It, it, I, I'm not, I don't know that I'm the best person
2: to ask this question to because... You because you're just too busy. No, no, because these types of leagues actually have a soft spot in, in my oh, heart. Oh, yeah, yeah, you're you know, right. So yeah. I know the value of what this is. And there, there are a lot of guys, I think if you ask some of the, these guys who went to the USFL, I know it's not the XFL. I mean, Tommy Maddox, who became the, play, the the comeback player of the year for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he was kind of down and out and completely done with football. UCLA just, guy. A UCLA guy, former first-round draft mm-hmm. pick. And he came back, and it, it allowed him to get a shot back in the NFL. Guys grow. Guys, you know, life, circumstances change. They mature. All these different things. There's there's that, that one person or there's that few. James Harrison was another guy who, you know, ended up Pittsburgh Steelers and Kurt Warner was
1: an arena league guy. Kurt right?
2: Warner was a, a and I think he was a I think he, he was a World League guy for a yeah. bit of
1: time. How did the World League not I mean the World League was around for I mean, that's something that I remember. You know, it's like they did a good enough job where I was like, I remember watching World League games. I remember watching and knowing that there were teams in Barcelona and uh and Frankfurt and in London and and being like that's wild that these guys are playing football over there. But what's the ultimate thing that ends up killing these leagues? Is it because there's not enough talent? It's well, just not it's, not a, yeah. not a real level of talent, I guess, so to speak.
2: So it's it's really having a television audience. It's having the financial wherewithal to stick around long enough so you stick. It's it, think of the live tour on on the p. If if there was a live. NFL type of uh, competitor in the world where someone just had a grundle of money and they could go poach really good players, Mm -hmm. then you then you probably have something. So you you've got to go find you know some oil, you know country rich country that goes yeah we want to get into uh, American football yeah that's not a that that's what this this this, there's just not the right talent talent players NFL is a player driven league any professional sport so you got to have those amazingly talented players that you know, when I watch this, I'm going to see something freaking amazing.
1: And what you don't
2: see, you just see kind of average guys
1: playing football. So as these two leagues kind of start up, I, I had the same thought. was I think that they're hoping that there's going to be a guy who who is good enough to get a shot. And, and as soon as somebody like A.J. McCarron had – I was reading about a couple of these quarterbacks that, you know, they, they all had a cup of – cup of coffee in the uh, in the NFL, right. and and then they were out or they were on a practice squad last year or whatever. And it's just guys you'd never heard of. And it, it, A.J. McCarron, at least you remember who he was because he played at Alabama and won a national championship. Yeah. And uh, Brett Musburger a, a hit on his girlfriend on live TV. but th- Awkward. <laughs> those were the moments that, like, you – so I, I don't know. You have to get guys who you look at and you go, that guy could play in the NFL – but he's playing on this typically, thing. Typically,
2: typically the guys who have who get the most out of it are quarterbacks. Yeah, that that really because quarterbacks just need reps. They need game reps. They need to see things. I mean, it could be the future home of uh, Zach Wilson. You know, maybe, I mean, who knows? And I don't say that in a mean spirited way. No, no. Uh, you know, it, but but you know, if there's a place for you to keep playing and kind of work through some things and you know until you get you just a, hope that it's not like a
1: I went to I, I was in the USFL he was a USFL guy that's how you know he's not an NFL guy like if it's a knock on your resume that could be it. because in your in your time it was developmental they allowed you to be in both worlds the
2: NFL you know su- su- um supported financially it. supported
1: the world well League. and
2: also with players yeah they 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 allocated players to go which, to, to me, I don't understand why the NFL wouldn't want to do that now. I know they have the practice squad, but it would be a similar type of thing to, like, the G League. Prop in, these guys the up, NBA let and them just, develop. And just, like, and, you know, and, and tie a team to a to an, a USFL team or even an XFL yeah. team. Who cares? The problem is, is it's, that like, maybe the USFL could be the majors, you know, could be AAA, and XFL is maybe AA. See, and,
1: but that's the problem is that we look at college like AAA. Right, that, that's that's the AAA. Yeah. We look at that like the most important developmental league. The best players that are going to be stars and up and coming come out are the ones coming out of college. And so yeah. until that narrative sort of changes, or you got to get a handful of guys. And even then, when well, the USFL dudes who had big names that went, ended so, up in the NFL, that still wasn't enough for the USFL so to survive. Maybe
2: if the USFL would really wanted to make a play, they'd go they'd go recruit guys out of high school. Yeah. And they'd pay him decent money, so then you get
1: talent in your league. Uh, let's go back to some of these NFL stories. Eric Bieniemy, of course, leaving Kansas City, going to uh, Washington. He spoke up and said that he's leaving for another challenge, for a bigger challenge. And Patrick Mahomes says, uh, people who are saying that Eric Bieniemy doesn't have it and he's not a good enough play caller or all that, uh, because LaShawn uh, McCoy came out uh, and said... Yeah, this guy doesn't call pass plays, man. He doesn't know how to call passing plays. He's he's the run game coordinator, and Andy Reid was the play caller. And we talked about this. I, I hope that he gets to that next level of I hope people don't look at him and just go, oh, the only reason he was successful was because of – there's got to be something there. One, to why he wasn't being hired as head coach, but then there's got to be something to why he's being hired as the Washington Commanders' offensive coordinator. They're not just going to hire somebody who's – uh, got zero, you know, ability to be able to call plays. So I hope he's able to use this as a stepping stone to whatever the next thing is. So to.
2: when you're on a, a staff like f- with a with an Andy Reid or with anyone for that matter, everything's co- collaborative. Yeah, you all the coaches sit in in a room, and they they're, they're going to watch and study the opponent, and they're going to do that early on. You know, probably Sunday, Monday night, Monday all day. You know, they're they're formulating the game plan partly on Tuesday, so that when you show up on Wednesday they go, Okay, here's how we're gonna go after this team. But Andy Reid sat in a room with Eric Bienemy and with other coaches and they've they've shared their thoughts and opinions. You listen to Andy Reid and he goes A lot of guys share their their story or their play. You know, I get I get all kinds of plays from a lot of people. So Eric Bienemee has been in that process. And, uh, you know, Doug Peterson, if you look how he coached and, and all the people he put around himself when he was with the Philadelphia Eagles and now even with the uh, Jaguars, there's not one person yeah. that does everything. And so what you're going to get with Eric Bieniemy is him an opportunity to be the guy masterminding and leading that collaborative effort and then having to be the guy that makes those final decisions on game day in, in the tough situations it's it's like you yeah, know being a good, being a good play caller is someone that goes okay it's third and three what do you got right, right now like i need to play right now uh first and ten we just crossed the 50 yard line what do you got we're we're on the 12 yard line going into score what do you got and you got to be able to go uh you know you can't sit around and go mm, uh you in your mind you have to you have to really know here's here's the situation here's what i want to do and and have a feel for you okay what's the defense Doing these situations, what are they doing in the game? And that's where some guys really have a knack for it and are really good at it, and other people, like they, they choke, they, they can't, they can't handle that situation. And Eric B. is just going to get an opportunity to be the guy to have to make those calls under under fire.
1: Uh, we're going to have a ton of combine uh, talk coming up in the next couple of weeks here because I'm, I'm I'm interested over the next week or two before this thing gets started up. All the guys who are showing up. You know, you're on this stage, and a bunch of locals got invited. So I'm interested to see yeah. how they end up doing there. So, all right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We got more to go. We have our two-minute drill around the corner when we do return. Uh, stuff to talk about in our two-minute drill that we're jamming on in there. Also, uh, does your home need new look for this year? RJ's Exteriors can help you out with that look. They can give you the uh, stucco brick vinyl or James Hardy siding that you need. Give them a call. 801 280 That's 801 RGS exteriors. More to go around the corner. Stay right here with us. 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone.
3: Attention. This is Unrivaled with Scott Mitchell and Alex Keary. With the access and insight on the teams you're passionate about. I love it, baby. Presented baby, baby, by G2G Bars. Baby. This is 97.5 The KSL Sports Zone.
1: All right, welcome back. It is Unrivaled, 97.5 Sports Zone. Thanks for hanging out with us. Thanks for being a part of the program. Two-minute drill, of course, uh, this portion of the program. Hey, by the way, this part of the show, as always, brought to you by the folks at Jerry Seiner Cadillac. At Jerry Seiner Cadillac, uh, the luxury of a Cadillac has never changed, even if ownership of a Cadillac has changed. So drop by the Jerry Seiner Cadillac right here in Salt Lake City and test drive a new or used uh, Jerry Seiner Cadillac. Cadillac. So we talk about the Cadillac all the time, and that's a. I feel like I. I feel like when I get a Cadillac, that's when I've made it. And I know that. You know. I I don't even know. Like, have you seen those? Have you seen the? uh, Those CTSVs—they're basically Corvette engines in the in the little sports sedan. I have not. They're like seven hundred horsepower. It's legit, man. See, I Cadillac does have a sense of. um... It's a little too cool for
2: you. No, no, no. I, it's kind of my dad's car, you know. Yes. And so, but the problem is, is that that's where I am right now. I'm oh, kind yeah. Kind of my dad. It's mm-hmm. like
1: I think I should consider a Cadillac. Well, but then, but then we'd be cool because now it is cool. You know what? I'm
2: going to go get a Cadillac. I do just it, said it,
1: man. Uh, all right. So here's what we're going to do. Here we're going to fire up some. Of I our, saw uh, war.
2: Well,
1: of course, if we can get it to play right, uh, we're going to fire up some of our NFL music. And Scott, you're going to explain what a two-minute drill is for us here. Why don't you? Okay
2: late in the football game. you got to go down the field, kick a field goal, score a touchdown, don't have a lot of time, so you hurry. Our show the same way. Still have a lot to talk about, but not a lot of time, so we talk a little bit about a lot of things. Hurry up, finish the show. Go home happy with the trophy because everyone gets one of those these days along with a plethora of desserts. It includes chocolate souffle, flan from Spain, key lime pie from Florida, gelato from Italy, baklava from Greece, cake from Walmart, and I think we're getting uh, new recipes uh, sent to us daily.
1: All right, Shauna gave us a, uh, what was it, the...
2: Uh, silk the pie. Silk
1: French, the silk French pie. Mm. I think she wants. She wants to. She wants to dethrone uh, the, the cake Walmart from Walmart. Cake. Yeah. Okay. What's the Walmart cake ever done to you? You know.
2: I've never had it. I, I don't know. So hopefully. I've just got I've it on good advice. Actually, it's I'm
1: good. sure I've had. I'm sure. Look, I've yeah, been. To, probably. Yeah. I've been to. I've been to some. Uh, some you know, free at the church house receptions. You know. Yeah. Of 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 all kinds. Yeah. So I probably yeah. had the Walmart cake. Maybe I didn't even know it, uh, Scott. First up on the old uh, two-minute drill. I was looking at this today, and I thought, one, we're just adding another feather to the old cap here. For KSL, of course, is new radio home for real. Oh software. yeah, I love how they said it's a new radio, the English language radio. Uh, oh, which which is disappointing because then I can't just get on there and start speaking some Spanish. Yeah, so, like so we if have if to talk part of the contract. Do I, we always have to
2: talk English? Right. Or yeah. If
1: I get on there and start speaking Spanish, or you get on there and start speaking. Uh, Spanglish? <laughs> Whatever it is that you speak. Would we be in trouble? We breach a contract? No, but uh, congrats to our bosses and uh, the folks over at RSL. You're going to be getting that uh, covered out of our station whenever RSL is playing a home or away match. And DJ, of course, is going to be back on that call. He was doing the TV stuff for so long, and so I'm glad that he's uh, back. Yeah, I feel like RSL
2: happened. is kind of turning a corner.
1: I feel like the, when we get Scott, when we get Scott Mitchell, we're going to have... That means we really made
2: it. I'm the barometer. Yeah, we yeah. got
1: here. Was the entry point too? It's it's you and the uh, it's you and uh, basically Ted Lasso is the gateway drug. Yes. To us getting you Gateway. On to, yes. The yes. gateway drug getting you onto uh, onto soccer. So, congrats to. Uh, uh, Real Salt Lake and KSL Sports, where you're going to be hearing this. We're streaming the games, but we're also going to be putting it over our airwaves as well, starting this Saturday. So, uh, you for that one. So, congrats to our bosses who worked there for of that. Uh Did you see this cat out of, out of Mississippi State, Scott? You are a pretty well decorated high school athlete, but Mississippi State freshman uh, Giorgio Jacinte is a right-handed pitcher and he's also a left-handed pitcher guy. He is a ambidextrous pitcher struck out 7 over 4 scoreless innings in his first outing as a collegiate starter. So does
2: he switch back and forth yeah, between batters? Yeah,
1: so it's like, you know, you, you want to huh. be facing the opposite hand. Right. It's so lefty if versus lefty. There and you yeah. go. Hey, man, I'm going righty now. Lefty pops up there. But what would be funny is, is if they just keep switching. You know, the, the switch hitter and the switch pitcher, they just right. keep battling, going back and forth. Maybe that would be something. But I that, that's as cool as anything. If you watch him do it, it's pretty insane to watch. And just from a pure athletic standpoint, Scott, even you over Well,
2: I wonder how uh, how long a, pick, a pitcher can go. Like, could he go two full games or...
1: Like if you're allowed to pitch more innings because you only use the one arm, right? In one game, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go only lefty right now. Yeah, that's interesting. Good thought. All right, For Scott Mitchell, Alex Curie. we'll be back again next hour. Actually, no, Jazz coverage coming up next. Oh, cool go right Jazz! Here. 97.5 Bakersfield Sports.
0: A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought there are no miracles.